everybody and welcome to the niche podcast about the one thing i know something about game shows i suppose i'm your host jordan haas and i got some legos here so i'm gonna be building this uh when this when this episode ends uh we have a great show today uh tim connell will be joining us to talk about survivor and this will be the end of our game show throwdown week uh, for more information about the Game Show Throwdown event, which is appearing July 27th, that's tomorrow if this comes out correctly, at noon, over at homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown, uh, you'll see a lot of cool people play a various amount of game shows to raise money for Extra Life in Children's Miracle Network uh, hospitals, which I think is a wonderful cause. Uh, <laughs> this is the third episode of the week. My voice, if you can't tell... It's it's dying on me, but I can pull through. I can do this, and I have myself a uh, some Legos. I got a strawberry Dr Pepper from a Coke Freestyle machine, and we have a great episode today talking about Survivor uh, with Tim. So, uh, like every episode, we have to get to some news, and we don't have much time. So here it is. First, America says, America says, uh, the, when I think of blank, I think of blank blank, uh, is back on GSN. The outburst, uh, game, uh, played with groups is back. Uh, please give it a watch if you can. I think it's a fun laugh out loud show. Uh, you know, uh, Higgins is a good host. He got nominated. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, also, I saw Press Your Luck uh, this week, and a contestant who was on the original Press Your Luck uh, showed up on this episode as a contestant, and I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, she didn't win necessarily, but what I kind of liked was that the whoever's in charge of picking out the whammies had a smart decide of which ones to pick, because the ones that she got were old-school retro whammies, and then there was a uh, firefighter got firefighter whammy. And then in the mind game, when someone lost a Australian trip, they had the boomerang whammy. And I was like, that's, that's messed up. That's a little insult to injury. Oh, well. Uh, also, uh, according to the reports over on Instagram, Wheel of Fortune has increased its minimum in the bonus round to $37,000. Yep. Yep. Thirty-seven thousand dollars. I I wrote about Wheel of Fortune and how I would do it, and I just it just doesn't excite me that much. Oh well. Anyway, there's a lot of news. Uh, here we go. Sharice Theron brings you Fast and Furious meets American Ninja Warrior in Netflix's Hyperdrive. Fast and Furious 9, Mad Max for your old telling job. Charisse Theron is no stranger to thrilling audiences with adrenaline rush of car-focused features. Well, now the Academy Award winners bring her real-life need for speed to Netflix's new reality competition series, Hyperdrive. Theron is an executive producer of this streaming series that launches August 21st. So mark your calendars. And it's describing Netflix thusly. Elite street racers from around the world test their limits in supercharged custom cars on the biggest, baddest automotive obstacle course ever built. Here, Theron's fellow executive producer, Warlock Industries, head of Unscripted, Chris Cullen, uh, there's an interview with executive Entertainment Weekly about what viewers can expect. Um, I already skimmed through it, but here is some things you need to know, I think, about the show. 
it's basically like a race car show where people bring in their street racers and they have to go around a crazy track of obstacles and whoever's the fastest wins. Rutledge Wood is going to be one of the hosts. Uh, as people know, I'm a I'm a fan of Rutledge on NBC. I talked about him during the Kentucky Derby. And there's three other people whose names I completely forgot. But what I like about it is uh, the fact that these are apparently, from what I'm gathering, their own rides. So, yeah, there might be some risk, but also the fact that they can customize it. So there's going to be a lot more technical details, I think, in this show than other racing-based shows. And I think they're going to try their best to try and balance the gap between gearheads or or petrol heads, if you're from the UK, I guess, um, uh, and, and casual viewer, because they want to have it. So here's the technical details of what goes into a car, maybe make it like a street racing kind of uh, theme, and then have these cool challenges that are involved with like precision and, and accuracy. And I'm guessing drifting because it's street racing. Uh, so I want to see some donuts, and I'm not talking about Krispy Kreme, if you know what I mean. <laughs> y- yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next, uh, Ciara, Nick Lachey, Debbie Gibson, and David Deborick join Nickelodeon's America's Most Musical Family. Uh, I'm going from the rap here. Ciara is ho- footing in the footsteps of her, for- of her NFL star former Kids' Choice Sports husband, Russell Wilson, by joining the Nickelodeon family. The Grammy winner will be a judge and serve as executive producer alongside Republic Records on America's Most Musical Family, a musical competition series Nickelodeon announced on Thursday. Ciara will be joined by the judges panel by David Dorbeck and Debbie Gibson with Nick Lachey to host the competition show, which was first announced in February vaguely remember talking about it <laughs> sees 30 families compete for a recording contract with republic records and a quarter million dollar cash prize the 12 episode series begins production this week in los angeles and is scheduled to premiere later this fall uh rob baxall executive vp of unscripted content says we are thrilled to welcome nick lachey and our incredibly talented judges Ciara david warwick and debbie gibson to nickelodeon ultimately this competition for all ages is about celebrating exceptionally talented families we're in for a spectacular show i mean i'm interested in this um america's most musical family feature a wide variety of talented and diverse families of two or more relatives who perform together ranging from a father-daughter duo sibling groups, and a 12-member multi-generational brass ensemble according to the network's description. Oh, okay, so this isn't like trying to, it's, it's not like the quest for the Bradys or the quest for the new Partridge family. Wasn't that like a VH1 series, like the quest for the next Partridge family or something? Uh, so so this this actually might be a little more intriguing to me because, uh, I mean, I don't really see that many musical families out there currently. I'm sure, I'm sure there is, but... Um, <laughs> I'm curious to see how that goes. I think because it is Nickelodeon, it's a family channel. Uh, it will definitely uh, appeal to that. Uh, considering they're also doing Crystal Maze, this could be a good pairing. It seems like what they're going to do is primetime is the uh, unscripted part of the of the night. So this makes sense. And I'm glad that Nickelodeon is getting their own singing competition show. And some really talented uh, musicians as as judges. So I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. I want to. I might watch a couple of episodes uh, to see how it goes. Uh, finally, uh, Brady Bunch. Speaking of singing families, uh, more Discovery Nets joins HGTV Brady Bunch House Mania with special themed episodes. 
uh hgtv and brady bunch of friends now discovery channel and oh because of a very brady renovation there's going to be brady bunch inspired episodes of fast and loud chopped worst cooks in america the kitchen and the pioneer woman various cast members from brain bunch barry williams maureen mccormick christopher knight eve plum Mike Lookinland and Susan Olsen will premiere in Brady-themed episodes to support the HGTV series and build on the fever pitch excitement around all things Brady. So I guess what they're trying to do is use the Brady Bunch as an IP. Like, that's a new thing people do is just, you know, IP throws. Uh, Okay, I guess what that means is uh, 70s-themed food. So uh, get ready for what, what exact like TV dinners, I guess, because they came out in that round then. Uh, let's all get excited for for uh, swingers parties, I guess. I'll be really pissed if they don't have that Time to Change song. You know, from the Brady Bunch. And when it's time to change, it's time to change. I, th- I think that, that needs to be the theme song. Uh <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know why I'm reading this. It's barely game show. I mean, Chopped and, and Worst Cooks is. So I'm so maybe maybe that makes sense. Uh, uh, so so that's, that's about it. <laughs> um, I guess we should get started right now. When we think of reality television, there really is only one game show that comes to mind. Survivor. Mark Burnett did not create Survivor. No, no, no. That is a common misconception. Mark Burnett at the time was a businessman, fresh from the Eco Challenge that was a success on cable, and seeing a show called Expedition Robinson, decided to turn it into the cult show that it is today. That's right, folks. While Millionaire was an import from the UK, Robinson was created in Sweden. The people who were responsible for the show is a man named Charlie Parsons, who worked with Mark Burnett on the show. Parsons was educated at Tonbridge School, a boarding independent school in Tonbridge in Kent in southeast England, and credits the tough boarding school regime that he endured there in the early 1970s, which at the time was commonplace as providing an inspiration for the creation of Survivor. He created the show in 1994 under his Planet 24 umbrella, a company he co-owned with Bob Geldof, musician from the Boomtown Rats, who co-wrote Do They Know It's Christmas and was Pink in Pink Floyd's The Wall. His format was pitched to every network in the UK, but was turned down. When he made the change to international waters, SVT, The Verge Television in Sweden, gave it a show. And the first episode was broadcast in 1997. This Swedish episode would be the pitch tape Parsons would go to get Burnett on board. And Mark Burnett, the ultimate pitchman that he is, sold it to CBS. And on May 31st, in the year 2000, television was changed forever. Get ready for the ultimate game of life and death, where fire represents life. And death is represented by Jeff Probst putting it out with a coconut attached to a stick. It's Survivor. Now let's turn the tables. (laughs) 
with me on the line is one of my like best friends in the world of the game show fandom uh local legend to me uh also the only one i think i've ever had like actual physical like interaction with <laughs> from the internet in the game show world tim Connolly. hey hey what's going on uh, we're 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 just doing that. We're just having a good time here. Yeah. This is a uh, this is a special game, a twenty five hour game show throwdown week. Yes, absolutely. We're 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 almost there. Uh, of course, this is recorded a, a bit before that. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Because because in the closing weeks, uh, everything's a little more stressful, hectic. As as you uh, as we raise money, we we are it's it's to raise money for children's hospitals all across the country. Yep, it is for, uh, we're raising money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and there are various branches all over the country. Uh, the one that is out here is Children's Hospital Los Angeles, although there's also Children's Hospital Orange County, and obviously we have people, we have staff members from all over the country with their own sponsored hospital, and they will be uh, they'll be raising money, and it's all through Extra Life, which is the, uh, the sort of the gaming charity that does all this stuff, and sends all the sends all the money to all those various hospitals it's a it's a great great cause and it it's and you've been doing this i think this is the six the six seventh eighth i believe it's our sixth we started our first one was in 2013 i want to say uh we took a year off after that because we were having you know some organizational issues but since then uh i think the last five years it is it has been either well, originally it was Game Show Marathon West, and then we uh, rebranded it to the Game Show Throwdown, which we started doing in 2017. So this will be the, the third official 25-hour Game Show Throwdown. Did you know so far, because I've been trying to do the math, you've raised over $30,000. 30000 Okay. 30000 I was when, Whenever I advertise, I always say 20000 because I wasn't exactly sure of the numbers. But if, if, uh, if you're saying 30000 I know we did... We did uh we did the Vegeta number last year, so you did nine thousand last year. Over nine thousand, yeah. Go go, guys, the meme. We did the meme. Yeah. All right, we um, did it. And then uh, this year, I believe your goal is still the twenty five hundred. I think we're I think we're dialing back the the goal this year mainly because we're at a different venue than we were uh, than we were in the in years past. Uh, the last few years, we were at the Trivia Championships in North America that were being held. Uh, in August at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. And because that is no longer a thing anymore, it is a different group different, doing a different uh, trivia event over there this summer. We decided rather than yeah, rather than drive out there, and we weren't even sure if there was going to be an event at the time that we were planning this. So we decided let's just have it close to home. We won't have to spend quite as much money on transportation and getting hotel rooms and everything like that. So uh, we are going to be holding the 2019 Game Show Throwdown at the Hyatt Place in beautiful downtown Glendale, California, just four blocks away from where I'm living right now. And that is going to be taking place July 27th, starting at noon Pacific time and going all the way until 1 o'clock p.m. the following day. Every hour, pretty much, a new game show is... Well, it's, oh, sometimes I admit A new game show... And uh, one that, that broke the news recently, even though this is now like about a month in the future, uh, <laughs> is that they're doing the chase with Brad Rutter. Yes, that was a really uh, a really cool find. Uh, we've been working together with Bob Bowden, uh, who is my boss, 
essentially. And uh, he has been in talks with Brad uh, to be a part of this. And we were very, very fortunate that he decided to sign on. So uh, we're happy to have that. Uh, I know that we are talking about maybe having a second guest chaser, potentially. Uh, I don't want to reveal anything. I know uh, who that is. I know who that person is. Okay. I have been told. Well, we're not allowed to say who it is because we it. don't have it locked down yet. So let's. Uh... <laughs> but all I could say is thank you for inviting me. <laughs> uh, so I'm so glad they decided to dumb down the show. And let yes, me exactly. What would, your, what would your chaser nickname be? Uh, it would probably be the avocado because Haas, you know, that, and then it's like, cause, okay. Cause then it's like, cause then it's like, oh, it's, it's, he's, he's, he has thick skin or, or, or cause the millennial, cause you know, I'm young. So it'd be like a millennial avocado right. toast. Yeah. You're toasted. That's actually a good question. I think that's a good question. <laughs> I still have to figure out like what my mastermind subjects are going to be if I ever do mastermind. <laughs> Because no one can do game shows, even though this is the podcast about game yeah, shows. Exactly. Well, I mean, honestly, if, if we if we want to have a nice little segue into our, our topic here, I think, honestly, the uh, the mastermind expert subject that I would have would probably be Survivor. And that is, it is, thank you. And that is the topic of today's episode is Survivor. Uh, Survivor, man, <laughs> where do we begin with Survivor? Uh do you want to talk about the Well, we can we can start off by saying the 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 day that we are recording this is almost literally 19 years to the day that the show first premiered. It premiered on May 31st, 2000 uh, and we are uh, yeah, you know, June, June 1st, 1st right 2019 now. is when we're yeah. is when we're when we're recording this. So, almost exactly 19 years since the show first premiered. And uh, so the origin story, Expedition Robinson was a huge success over in, I believe, the Netherlands, and uh, a, 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 a hustler by the name of Mark Burnett, who at the time was doing Geo Challenge for like yes, Discovery exactly. Channel. Yeah, uh, I know that he did. Uh, no, it was Eco Challenge. Eco Challenge. That's the, right. That was the name of the, of the race, and it was basically this this multiple day long trek through some area of the wilderness where you had to. You had to do it by foot. You had to use, you know, rafts and all this stuff. You weren't allowed to. You, you weren't allowed to leave any trash behind you. You weren't allowed to make a trail. It was incredibly, incredibly tough to uh, to to compete in that. And a lot of the teams would drop out just because, you know, they they, they couldn't hack it essentially. So what he what he basically did was he found this this Swedish concept called Expedition Robinson. And he it was it's the premise that we're we're familiar with where you know they they take a, a bunch of a bunch of people strand them on an island and then they vote each other off and he said this is a great idea for a show but he had he had a higher mind for it because as far as I know Expedition Robinson was basically just about you know how good were you at wilderness whereas he was thinking a lot more uh, he had a, a bigger vision for Survivor he was thinking. You know, we can do a show where we have, you know, heroes and villains and we tell this story and it's overarching and, you know, people are, you know, are going to experience personal growth as they're out there and learning what they're made of and, and all of that. And CBS decided, you know what, Millionaire is gobbling up everybody's ratings right now. We need something to compete against it. So let's let's give this show a chance. And they did. And the rest is history. 
Because I'm going to remind people here, in the year 2000, <clears throat> well, it was... In the year 2000! Sorry. Th thank you, Conan. <laughs> <laughs> in the... It, most game shows were like a Wheel of Fortune or a Jeopardy or... And it, it was supposed to be, you know, it's all sunshine, rainbows, happy, glossy floors in studio. And it's it's bright, colorful. Millionaire was the zag to that because it was dark and, and dramatic. But what if, for Survivor, you had a game show that wasn't even in the studio. It was outside. There was rain. There's harsh environments. There's alligators. There's snakes. <laughs> and it wasn't snakes as in like a fear factor, uh-oh, pit of snakes. Although... I think they did try to do that as a challenge once in like early. They season. do have from they haven't done it in a while, but they did have like eating challenges back in the day where they were eating like grub worms and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing that was just like we're going to put you in this dark pit with with snakes and rats. Yeah. Uh, no, you, you were you were eating like sea slugs and and stuff like that. It's and it, it's it wasn't trying to be a it wasn't trying to be like fearful in that way. It was trying to be like. Yeah, this is the. Can you beat the elements? And I believe they were trying to go for like originally some sort of tribalism because everything's a tribe. It's two. It's not teams. It's tribes. Each right. Tribe. And and when you uh, when you watch that first season of the show, the whole concept of of tribal politics really takes the forefront because you know, you got this guy Richard Hatch who comes out there and basically says, look, if we're gonna you know if 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 we want to win this game we need to go in with a plan. We need to come in with, with, we need to figure out how we want to do things. We can't just scatter off and do our own individual plays because then, then it's not going to work. Then we're all going to lose. And as luck would have it, the other side were all a lot of, you know, free spirited, you know, you would call them millennials at this point, but they weren't millennials back then. They were just kind of the Gen Xers and they were, you know, they, 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 they didn't care about, voting alliances or anything like that. Anybody who talked about a voting alliance was kind of shouted down saying, that's not how you play this game. We, we the, play it. The, you, the you vote for person who. in that one was Susan Hawk. Susan Hawk in season one was one of the first components of that is illegal. That should be against the rules that you uh, have recruited by Richard in the, in the initial, in the original alliance. And it was, it was a very controversial, uh, it was a very controversial concept back then because basically it was colluding. It was telling everybody else, look, we're all, you know, don't vote for who you think should be voted out. Let's all make a decision as a group and let's just throw all of our votes on one person. And once we have a majority, we can just knock them all off one by one. And back then, that was such an outrageous concept because it felt like it wasn't fair. It felt like, well, who are you to say these people don't get to win just because you have more people. That's, you know, that's not how the, this is survivor. It's supposed to be about who's the best at being in the outdoors, not who can rally the most votes. And that was the original idea. It was, I think that was their intention was who do you think is not a brave enough survivor? Vote them out. Like a weakest link. Who do you think is the weakest link? Vote them out. And I think when they originally From envisioned season, it, season. they were trying to go for like a jury to be kind of like a, Kind of like the gods. They were trying to go for some sort of like tribal, spiritual journey. Well, I think that the uh, the original idea of the vote was maybe you vote somebody out because they're just too weak and they can't handle being on the outside, uh, being out in the elements, and maybe you vote somebody out because they're just such a pain in the butt that you, you can't stand being around them anymore. You've lost so many but reward challenges. Each of these votes this would at least have a rationalization beyond just well. 
I've got my five people and you only have four. Sorry, I'm voting for you now. It, it was. I think it was supposed to be like, well, you've you've let us all down in the in the reward challenge. We don't have food, so we need to vote. Now it's just like, yeah, who cares if we don't eat for the day? <laughs> you still have five people, and you're the head honcho. So I'm going to try and convince some of the people in your alliance to vote you out because you're more of a danger than me. Right, and that's how that's how things evolved over the seasons. It, it was a very slow sort of burn for the first, I would say, first five or six seasons where it started out with, okay, well, your starting tribe is your starting tribe, and everybody just sticks together. And when, when you get to the merge, when they knock enough people down, they, they all merge together and they're one big tribe. That is when we decide who has the majority, and then those people just dominate the game and vote everybody else in the minority out. And slowly but surely, like even the very next season, you started to see some deviations from that. You started to see people say, well, wait a second, why am I in this five-person alliance when I know that I'm number five. I know that when there are only five people left, I'm going to be gone. I need to make a move before that happens and join up with these people who right now don't have a lot of power and turn the tables on on the guy who's call, you know, calling all the shots. And it's, you know, and then they started swapping tribe members back and forth. So the people you started with don't necessarily stick around for the whole game. They might, you might lose some of them. Uh, and, you know, over the years, they started saying, well, let's split them up into three tribes instead of just two. <laughs> and every every way they can possibly think of to keep the game from turning stale, where it just becomes, well, there's five of us and there's four of you, bye. And if you've never seen Survivor, and, you know, I'm not going to judge if you've never seen Survivor, you know, there's a lot of people in the game show world that's like, ew, reality shows, they're not game shows, blah. <laughs> Survivor is a game show. It is a, a quintessential. It's one of the quintessential game shows. It is engaging television, not because you can play along, but because you can follow a story of a contestant. There are people in every season that you root for, rather there you consider them heroes or villains. Sometimes the way they perceive the villains don't doesn't necessarily. I mean, I don't see talking like Johnny Fairplay, but like. yeah, I mean Johnny Fairplay is is a great example of a really really cartoonish villain on the show. There have been people have been on there where it kind of crosses a line from oh they're a kind of person that you love to hate to man i cannot wait until this person is voted out of the game because i never want to see this i never want to see their face again so if you've never seen the show here is the basic basic ass format basic basic format survivor pretend we're going classic survivor here there are two teams called tribes in each tribe there is uh typically eight right eight uh it started out with eight and it's it's grown to be about somewhere between nine and ten per tribe generally they like to have a few extra people because in case of injuries and stuff like that yeah, but med yeah medical evacuations which are the worst they're just the worst evacuations because a lot of the people that do get a vax are like actually people you rooted for yeah it, it tends to happen that way sometimes <laughs> That that's if I was to make a season, it would just be all evacuation contestants just to give well, they, them that they did second a season. They did a season where they brought not uh, all uh, evacuees, but they brought back three of them where they had an injury where they they had to be pulled out of the game, and they you know, and they each were essentially team captains of one different uh, of of different tribes. So with each team, because we're going based on one episode, we'll just pretend it's one episode of the show. Right. It is broken up into, I'll say, three parts, even though there is some discussions in between. The first part, as they set up a camp, is a reward challenge. 
This is one that involves pretty much the entire team. If they complete this challenge more than the other team, sometimes it's three teams, sometimes it's four teams, go for it. Uh, they win a reward. Now, this is Survivor. They're in the wilderness. They don't have any luxuries. There is no tents. There is no tarps. There is uh, coconuts that they the producers do plot. And there is a well for, for clean drinking water. But other than that, they're on their own. <laughs> They have to fetch for fire, they have to fetch for fish, they have to fetch for any meat that they can find. So in the Roar Challenge, they get a supply that would help them out, such as a tarp, such as furniture, such as food, such as uh, uh, fishing gear, uh, such as flint. Flint, which, by the way, uh, creates fire. <laughs> and fire, as most survival fans know, uh, represents life on the island. <laughs> but more on that later. After the reward challenge, uh, they get their supplies. There's a little nice cutscene. I say cutscene like it's a video game, where everyone's like on one side of the island enjoying the reward, and then the other side is just you know grumpy because they lost. And then they do the next one, and this is the one that's more important. This is the immunity challenge. The immunity challenge is what's more important to the game than sometimes the reward, because in the immunity challenge, if you survive, you are immune. You are safe. For the next elimination. The other team must go to the final, which is like the big important endgame called Tribal Council. Dun dun dun. Now most of the games that are in the immunity challenge are either endurance based or multi-part based or some sort of, of uh, chain that there's always like one, like two people on one end and they pass it to the next people who are on the other end and pass it to two people on the other end. Or head-to-heads yeah, and elimination. A lot of the modern challenges nowadays are there's a lot of physical activity that happens at the start, and then at the end there's always a puzzle to put together. And the puzzle tends to decide the challenge more times than not. And it's like like find the ten-letter word or find nine-letter word, and it's like a countdown thing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like people are like saying this is not a game show. It is damn near countdown. It's like find the word immunity out of these letters. Right, yeah, or, or like you have, or, or basically you have a jigsaw puzzle that you have to put together as a team, or this this giant 3D, like the one of those uh, those cube puzzles that you, you see maybe in, in, in gift stores and stuff, where it's like you, you, you see these blocks and you have to put them together so that they end up looking like a, like a cube. And, you know, that that is, uh, that is where most of these challenges go nowadays. If it's not, the team challenges do, the individual challenges are a little bit different. Well, that's going to be the second part of the this. Yeah. We're, still, we're still going by team. We're not at merge. Yeah, I know. Yet. I have a tendency to get ahead of, my, ahead of myself. <laughs> then so we I get apologize. to the tribal council. Tribal council is, I believe, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but at least to me, and I'm pretty sure the most Survivor fans, the best part of Survivor, it's tribal council. Because yeah, that, the, it's the climax of the episode, definitely. Because at this part of the show, Jeff Probst, who is the host, uh, formerly of Rock and Roll Jeopardy and of FX, the FX show, I believe. Uh, he is not like your typical game show host. A most like game show host, they're kind of like, ah, oh, tough luck. You know, you, you, you dug deep and didn't work out for you, but hopefully this will be your time next time. No, in this one, he is an instigator. He is just digging into these contestants. Like, who do you think was most at fault in the challenge? Is there any strategy going into the vote? Is there is there any alliances that you want to admit are going on right now? <laughs> Just these questions that you know if someone says something would stir drama into tribal, and usually there is. And that's what people want to see. They want to see that argument right there on tribal. Why? 
because they know at the inner tribal council there is a vote people go one at a time to the voting room they get a stone they write a name on a piece of paper that looks like something that would be in a message in a bottle they put it into a bucket and the bucket changes every season and then i think that those buckets kind of get don't those buckets uh get get like go to like a like a an auction for charity or something yeah at the end of the season they auction off a lot of the props for charity and as they put the names in the bucket they can't look inside the bucket jeff of course not jeff grabs the vote i wonder if everybody's voting for okay let's (laughs) jeff uh, actually if that would that would be a good twist that'd actually be a good twist being able to look oh, in the box oh my yeah that would be that would be pro- or can you just imagine like you if you were to do that and look at all the shows and it's like okay tim tim what the, no no i'm not like this just take the urn and like dump it in the fire it's like no we're starting oh, over no, that, that's actually what i was gonna say like if i had a twist the twist would be like you can look in the bucket for all the votes and then you see anyone you don't like you can just burn it yeah because there's a just fire like, there. just dump fire. out the urn and like whoops where do they go oh well so ever so at one time one person will be like, "That's I don't see my writing on any of these votes," and that would start some drama. And it'd be really cool because <laughs> um, then it's a secret. Happen, yeah. Who who eliminated my vote? Who <laughs> got rid of my vote? Because the vote is the only thing any of these contestants have on the show. That's it. <laughs> yeah, else it's, is just well, a and, yeah. You know, in the early days, that was pretty much the only power they had. So when they count the votes now, originally it was just randomly grabbed, but now producers kind of intentionally stack the deck to stir the drama. So it'd be like, if it say it's me and Tim, uh, in tribal and we're opposers, we, uh, he has an alliance of like four people. I have alliance of like three, uh, suddenly it's like, okay, let's do the votes. One vote, Tim, one vote, Jordan, one vote, Jordan, one vote, Jordan. Uh Oh, one more. And Jordan's out. One vote, Tim. One vote, Tim. Oh, it's, no. It's 3-3. Three, three. It all comes down to that one vote. Who flipped? <laughs> Jordan. I'm sorry, Jordan. The tribe has spoken. <laughs> so then when it says you have the most votes, you are eliminated from the game. You have to bring your little tiki torch before it became associated with uh, all Oh, people. God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why did you have to bring that? Uh, Why did you have to draw that parallel? I actually was never thinking along those lines until just now. <laughs> and then Jeff Probst has to uh, disarm the flame by putting like, putting it out. Steam comes out because it's smoke, and they must leave because fire represents life on the island. And therefore, yeah. in this metaphor, you are essentially dead. <laughs> We're going to say yes. you're dead. The, tri- the tribe has spoken. That is the official catchphrase. The tribe has spoken. Wah! And then they must leave by going on a bridge. Sometimes they have to leave by boat. Other times they just walk away into a forest somewhere, disappears. Yeah. And then they give their yeah, final was- confessional, and they're like, "Ah, oh, man, the votes didn't go my way. Uh, if they're like a hero, if they're a hero, it's like, oh, man, I really thought the votes were going my way this time. If they were a villain, they all they all went after me. They're all after me. I could have won the They're all going to burn. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> once there is eight people left, or nine people left, or ten people left, enough that basically equals one whole tribe, we go to merge. In merge, there's only one tribe one land and it's every person for themselves and the same rules apply now this time reward challenges are just for you and then you can bring uh someone of your choice which could become a a a bit of a betting chip a kind of reward chip sometimes they do it where they pick teams beforehand and then whichever team wins the reward gets it but yeah a lot of the challenges are you win okay well this is a this is a reward for three people so 
pick your two friends and and leave the other people to rot. And then there's an individual immunity challenge where it's only one person because everyone goes to tribal. And that's when it gets even more intense. And it keeps going until, because it's a merger, anyone who's eliminated is now on a jury. When they're in the jury, they are at every tribal council. They are seeing every instigation, every argument, every vote. And this is important because to them, they are the key to winning a million bucks. The way to win Survivor is not so much voting for the people and then making enemies. It's by making friends while they're eliminated. Because that's the only way to win Survivor is when they're at the jury. All the people in the jury house, when it's the final two or final three, given like mm-hmm. two two seasons ago <laughs> when it was the final three. Uh, did they do that last like last season? Oh, no. It's been final three for a long time now. Oh, geez. I'm... It's been a final three since season 13, I believe. Oh, man. I... I... They all get to vote, and whoever has the most votes win. Right. It's not a vote to eliminate, now it's a vote to win. Unless it's a tie, in which case we just throw the entire season in the trash, and we say, well, we just wasted everybody's 39 days of starving and sleeping on bamboo for nothing. (laughs) But but when we reveal the final votes, they're not at the island. No, they're in CBS Television City Hall. Sometimes at the Price is Right stage. Sometimes uh, in the, the, uh, was it 23 where the card sharks was? Uh, that would be forty six. Forty six. That's, that's the big studio. And I got to and and I just got to point this out here because I the the thing I like most about Survivor is in the middle seasons. It's 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 one of these petty things that I just love is when the it's trials a, and tribulations of Jeff Probst, uh, Jeff Probst bringing the voting urn to the stage. Yes, it's the two hour finale, out, and it's jumping out of airplanes. He's jumping and, out of airplanes. He's on a bike. <laughs> And it's like, I don't think there's bikes to go from an island to California, but okay. There was one where he was like just on a boat and he's apparently the boat was over to CBS. <laughs> like what? <laughs> All those are just like these little things that are like so crazy in camp. I love. <laughs> and then of course, yeah, it's that, the... was, that was definitely when they were playing up the, the adventure trope of the game. And that doesn't really happen as much anymore. The only part of the adventure is sometimes they go to the, here's the boat, grab your supplies. You have like 20 minutes. And so like supermarket sweep almost. It's like, get 20 minutes, get this fruit, get the vegetables, get the chicken, get the rats. That's how a lot of seasons start is they're all on a boat. That's just like, there's just bananas and fruits and, and like netting and all these, you know, all this equipment just draped all over the boat. And they just say, okay, you've got one minute. Go. And everybody just scatters like cockroaches trying to, you know, grab all the stuff and load it up into their boat and then paddle to, paddle to shore. And, original, but, and originally, everyone was able to bring a bonus item, like a personal item. Yeah, they would have, a, like, a luxury item with them, but that's 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 gone by the wayside. They got that rid was, of that I haven't seen one, that in years. Well, there was two reasons. Uh, one brought a guitar and, you know, copyright music, so it wouldn't work. Uh, the other is because if there was something like a Bible or a book... What they'd be doing is just read the book instead of chatting with the people and doing the strategy, which is what people want on the show. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense. Uh, and, and and if it was me, I would if if I did not know any of those two things, where it's the co- copyright music or just they're going to read and not interact. If it was me and it was the Jordan uh, empathetic Jordan, I would say, well, these are personal items. They're going to basically get wrecked while on the island because you're yeah, there for exactly. 30 days. Don't bring anything with you that you you, you are. Uh, one uh, one contestant brought a magic eight ball with them for uh, for his luxury item, and then his camp ended up burning down. So <laughs> there went the magic eight ball. It didn't work, uh, and it's 
And then there's like hurricane <laughs> yes. warnings. Magic eight ball. Is the camp gonna burn down? Signs point to yes. Okay, let's uh let's let's figure something out here. And they don't even and they don't even really give them like backpacks or bags, so it's like even worse. They now. have a bag. All right. They they I mean they have a like a personal bag that they carry with them, but no, it's not like luggage or anything. Yeah. Uh and, and so it keeps dwindling down, almost like uh, Twelve Little Indians. I'll say it. I don't. I don't have to fight PC police on that one. <laughs> uh, Twelve Little Indians. It goes to eleven. Goes to ten because it's tribalism. That's all it is. It's tribalism. That's the whole thematic of Survivor. Yeah, it is. It is all about. It's all about social politics more than anything else. It's. It's about identifying the threat and then getting rid of them before they can get rid of you. And it, and I will say is a better way of of politics because this is the weirdest show where it is. Like, you will see people of completely opposite politics in general, like a Republican and a conserv- uh, and a Democrat, or uh, uh, your classic hippie and, your, and your, your tough military vet, and they would get along, and they would form the alliance, and you're seeing, like, what? <laughs> Unlikely, like, and they would make it all the way to the finals, and that is always the most exciting thing. Yeah, it, it's always fun to see the, the the opposites attract, so to speak. Obviously, the big one was in season one where, you know, Richard was the the gay guy, and then Rudy was the former Navy SEAL who was very very, I don't know how right wing he was, but he was he was definitely not down with that lifestyle. But they forged a friendship, and they uh they they basically they got all the way to the to the very end. And and that, I would say that was the season one. That was the first time like reality contestants became celebrities too because because richard hatch was uh well at, besides the tax evasion stuff but I mean, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like no he was going to be booked for weakest link originally as a host uh and then like rudy did war games on usa network uh i believe combat missions i think was the name of oh, the yeah, show. combat missions yeah uh it was jervis did uh did mtv he did, I believe, uh, say what karaoke for a bit. Like, like it's so weird seeing all these people do different game shows, and it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was. Remember, you have to remember back during the time, Survivor was such this was such a phenomenon that everybody wanted to kind of get their get their share of of the glory. So you like, if you were on Survivor, you even though you didn't win a million dollars on the show, you could make a decent amount of money with your with you know personal appearances and stuff now it's now it's kind of tough to be a celebrity and be on survivor now they kind of get celebrities on survivor yeah like, i was about to say now you're more likely to find somebody who was a star you know a celebrity before they were on survivor than uh, johnny mundo like, johnny mundo johnny impact johnny mundo uh lisa welchel from facts of life was on there uh jimmy johnson the uh the legendary dallas cowboys coach was on survivor at one point so yeah they've they've it's kind of weird to see the the types of people that they they pull out of the the pull out of the woodwork to be on the show because they're not going to get anybody who's like an A-lister, obviously. And the only like stars that they have created that were contestants, at least in modern day, was like Boston Rob and Amber. Yeah, and and Boston Rob is only really famous in the universe of Survivor, and I don't know if famous is really a good word to describe him anymore. People are getting kind of tired of him more than anything else. Are people getting tired? I, I don't know. People are turning on Rupert yet. Oh, no. Uh, Rupert, well, there is a little bit of fatigue that sets in because uh, Rupert was the first person to ever play four times. And by the time he came in for the fourth one, everybody's like, okay, we've seen this already. We know exactly how he's going to play. He's not changing anything. Uh, you know, we're good. 
And as luck would have it, he would be the first person out of the game in that season. So he was not missed. Now, the uh, see, now before we fi- go into the episode discussions that we saw tonight, um, <clears throat> uh, besides the tribe, besides the tribes, the immunities, there has been the show involved as the show evolved, the twist evolved. There were different things such as. Uh, what's the what's the teams like? So they did things like Gen X versus Millennials, Healers versus Hustlers versus. Oh God, don't bring that up. <laughs> but they're Hustlers and they're Healers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, the the second chance. They had a second chance. Yeah, people who had played once and didn't win, they got a second shot at it. And then there was Game Changers. My favorite was Game Changers. By the way, I would say if I had to pick what was my favorite season, I would say Game Changers. Wow, uh, you are. Definitely in a minority on that one. Uh, but but you know, let me tell you why though. Because okay, because even though it is a cluster fuck, and I will say cluster fuck, it's my show uh, of twists of twists. It was supposed to be a tribute to every season of Survivor. So it was pick the urn, and whatever urn had the twist that debuted in that season, or oh, I think you're talking about that's not Game Changers. That is uh, that's Ghost Island. Oh, okay. That was that, the one then from that one is. Yeah, goes the one where it was like you're gonna set, be sent to this spooky island where you like you pick uh you pick one of two boxes and one of them has an advantage that somebody screwed up. You know when you know years. Yeah, ago that was the one. That was like, can you reverse the yeah. curse? Because that was yeah. the, that Logan of the season. Can you reverse the curse? Exactly. Can yeah, that one's that that one is not rated too highly by fans either but that's i mean that's another discussion for another know, day. like but then it's like if it, but i'm also a classical survivor guy i want survivor ass survivor typically and it's like i mean season 1 of course i didn't care much for Af- uh outback as much as other people did africa was i, I would say a good season uh when we saw really, tonight was china really but more on that later um and really really exciting and then once the merge happened there were two players who basically dominated the social the social element and nobody was ever going to take a swing at them. They were <laughs> winning challenges. They, they had immunity idols up the wazoo and it, it got very predictable towards the end. But I think the first half of it, a lot of people really appreciate it because there were some, some very, very dynamic personalities. But if I had to pick, if I had to pick like right now, current, like if I say modern server, I mean like the last 10 years, because this show has been on for almost 20 at this point. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite season, I would say, please don't get mad at me, folks. I know you're going to send me hate mail at Jordha. It would have to be... Oh, gee, I just forgot. Uh, it was the... I was almost going to say Melissa versus Genek, but it's not that. It's it's uh, David versus Goliath. Oh, yeah. David, David versus, versus Goliath that one. is an excellent, excellent season. And that's the one with Johnny Mundo, season. the one with the... Yeah. With the, with the, the robot guy. Robot and, guy. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, and uh, I mean, I'll throw names around, but nobody here would recognize them. You can throw uh, a name. I'd, I'd just be like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But no, like it, like everybody, everybody in there. Oh, uh, the uh, I think he was the screenwriter for uh, the emoji School for movie. Rock. The School of Rock. School of Rock. Mike White was was one of the contestants on there too, because the whole idea of it was, you know, the Goliath tribe were all people who were basically super successful in their, in, in in the real world, whereas the Davids were all just, you know, everyday schlubs who the I, working I class versus the elitists. The working class, but they also had this professor of robotics there. Basically, he was the he was the Sheldon of of that tribe. And they called him that. They called him Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah, that's how they because they did a challenge right off the bat, and they was like, okay, who do you, you know who do you want from the David tribe to uh, to to play this? So yeah, we'll take Big Bang Theory over there. And of course, Big Bang Theory smoked them. 
because, you know, uh, engineering and stuff like that. But of course, why would you do it such a beginning? Because then you consider a threat early on in the game. And that's a, and what ended up happening. It wasn't his. I don't think it was his uh, his in- intellect that really did it. But everybody really caught on to the fact that he was such a he was such a lovable nerd. Everybody was saying like everybody watching this show at home is going to love this guy. We got to vote him out. And isn't that like the most messed up thing? Like exactly. It's, the- it's just like we like him so much. Bye. Because if you were the viewer, now you're like, everyone there is a villain because <laughs> you don't like the yeah, guy. Yeah, like, no, don't vote him out. And he, no, there were some amazing plays because of the twist. Because as I say, the show evolved. Besides yeah. doing these challenges now where it's you're playing for individual immunity or you're playing for a reward, now there's twists, like, like a good survivor. And it's not just tribals. There's hidden immunity idols. Each yep. team, Each team has their own little section of, of, of an island. And somewhere on that section of an island, there is a little rock that's all sculpted, and there's a little rapid around band that said, this is a hidden immunity idol. And here's how it works. When they're in tribal council, rather it is pre-merged or post-merged, does not matter. If they are sure that they're going to be voted off the island, this is their time, this is their elimination moment. They must stand up, present the idol to Jeff, and they will be safe in any votes that were going towards them will not be counted. This has caused great Survivor moments in the most recent era of Survivor. Yeah, and, and the episodes that we uh the episodes that we watched actually kind of actually brings this to light in a really really fun way because it, it's it's about a hidden immunity idols but not in the way that you would expect. Uh we watched Survivor China, which is season mm-hmm. 15, and I, we watched episode 5 and 7. Because that was the right. ones you recommend I watch. Yeah, see, uh, episode five was a it was a swap episode where they they basically shuffle a couple of the players from each tribes over to stir the pot a little bit, and then episode seven was the merge episode for that season. Now those are always big twists. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I what was geez, I just remember the immunity challenge was was Zodiac. Yeah, the China, I mean, I took notes of this, so I I can I can take it from here if you need me. Okay, to. you go right ahead. I will. All right. So this is this is the story of uh, best laid plans completely falling apart. Uh, so Survivor China was played between two tribes, and those tribes were named Zhan Hu and Fei Long. And on the Fei Long tribe, they were they were dominating the early stages of the game. They'd won three of the first four immunity challenges. So they'd only lost one person. They still have seven. Whereas Jean Hu, they're down to five. They are, they are hurting. And all of a sudden, one day, a boat shows up. Uh, you know, a, a boat shows up at each camp, handing them a note. And on that note is the roster of the uh, other tribe, the, the names of the people on the other tribe. And it basically says, "Circle two of these names. We'll send that boat out and bring them to you." So Jean Hu is getting this new lease on life because they're thinking, you know what we'll do? We will take the two strongest members from Fei Long, bring them over here, and then just doink the immunity challenges so we can vote them out. And that's what they did for the first, uh, the first one, the, uh, the, the Zodiac challenge, where basically they were not taking that challenge seriously at all to the point where they were collecting <laughs> these... Yeah, these giant like stop sign puzzle pieces that we're supposed to put on a board. And have you ever seen Jackie Chan Adventures? Basically, one of those talismans, but bigger. 
Yeah, exactly. And so one of the one of the members of the tribe just takes one of them and and just throws it, you know, and off behind like the board, so nobody would notice where it is. And they're not like like, like they're not trying to fit the pieces on the board or anything. And meanwhile, one of the guys who just got swapped over is like, "What the hell are you guys doing? Why are you putting the things on the board? You know, we need to work faster." Because he, I mean, I think he realizes that his he is in danger at this point. At what point, um, Probst asks, asks one of the contestants while they're just lazing around on this puzzle, uh, that, like, I thought you said you were good at puzzles. And uh, uh, one of the contestants, like, shouts back, I was, I'm good at Sudoku. Because this is the time when Sudoku was huge, by the way. This was, <laughs> yeah. I think like, this was, like, uh, 2007. Sudoku. This is, like, this peak, right peak Sudoku. <laughs> so, obviously, they lose the challenge. They vote one of the, one of the strong members of original Phalong off. And the other guy, his name is James, this big, strapping, uh, young black man who works as a grave digger. Uh, I mean, you could not, and like, he is one of those people where he does not talk, but when he starts talking, he he makes you laugh because he's, he's so funny. So this is at the point where immunity idols come into play. Uh, James gets kidnapped by the other tribe because they win a challenge and they get to bring him back for once. Uh, and they have a clue to where the idols are. And they say, look, we found one of the idols. It's, it's, there's this archway at the front of the camp, and all you have to do is, is pull down one, you know, the, the plaque at the front of the archway. That's the idol. It's, it's hiding in plain sight. So we have this one. We're going to give this one to you, and then you find the other one at their camp, and now they can't vote you out because you're going to be safe. So... James goes back. They they try to throw the next uh, challenge, but they can't because it was an eating challenge, and there was this this lunch lady who could not fork down a chicken fetus, um, and so that plan gets thwarted. But he goes back to camp to that afterwards, and he's looking for this other idol. He pulls down the plaque on the back of the archway, but that's not the idol. It's just this blank piece of wood. So he just tosses it aside. He goes to the front. He gets the other one. So now he's got two idols. But now there's this extra plaque, and the members of the tribe that he belongs to now, Jean Hu, notice it and say, wait a second, this thing was on the archway before. Why is it on the ground now? Is this a hidden immunity idol? It's not, but they think it is. And then they go through James's belongings, and they feel he has two of them, and like, okay, well, this has to be it. So fast forward, they merge. They have an immunity challenge. James has not. James does not win it. So he's still implicated he's still in danger and they go to tribal council and james is like wait a second did they take the fake one the one that wasn't an idol there was a fake hidden he made a fake um, immunity idol well he didn't make it he just he pulled the wrong plaque off the off the arch yeah so because it has writing on the back saying this is an immunity idol and the one that didn't didn't so he's like, I don't need this, and just tosses it. So when it came to tribal, James is in well, jeopardy. Everyone is now eyeing James. Play this, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, James is actually not being voted on at this point. It's some, it's it's the poker player, Jean Robert. But she's like, excuse me, Jeff. Right before he votes, you know, right before he reads the votes, it's like, excuse me, Jeff. I found this block of wood. And I think it might be a hidden immunity idol. So she walks up to Jeff and, you know, super confident, like, I'm, I, I'm going nowhere. I'm fine. And Jeff looks at her straight in the eye and says, 
This is not a hidden immunity idol and just yeets it. He not no, not just yeets just, it. There's he a, has there's this a, look a, of disgust. Like he, you just found a scrap of wood. Yeah, exactly. This is like there's this there's this fire pit in the middle. He just tosses it he, in like a frisbee. And not only that, <laughs> then they had like a music stinger. They had a music yeah. stinger to go along oh, with. Oh yeah, they, they love using music for. And Jean Robert, who was getting votes in this, and thought his 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 goose was cooked at this point. It's like, oh my god, thank god, oh my god, I thought I was going home. You know, just just making a big show of it. It was, and of course, the the woman who played the, uh, the idol ends up getting voted out. But it was a, uh, it was, it, it's one of the uh, one of the most Shakespearean arcs that the show has ever had. It is the when you think you have, it's the you just when you think you're safe. There's no such thing as safety on the show. Yeah, the 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 dramatic irony of the the episode title. They always like to pull quotes that the contestants are saying and use them as the titles for the episodes. And the title for that episode was "I'm not as dumb as I look," because she was like, "I got this idol. People think I'm playing stupid, but I am not as dumb as I look." And um, yeah, that that didn't work. It no. <laughs> it it. It definitely, um, <laughs> but another thing was she had this, we have to tell you, she had this big smug look on her oh face. Oh my God. It she was, was such a she smug was so look. Confident. It was she this. thought for sure that like, because first of all, the original plan was to bring the strong people in and to just knock them off. And they should have like how James did not get voted out on the one where he was, where they threw the challenge. I'll never know because he was, he was making a massive, massive demonstration at the fact that you guys just threw this challenge to get us out, and you're all smiling and all happy because you think you can, you know, you have control over us. I don't even want to be here anymore. They kept him in. <laughs> they kept him in and voted out the other guy. Why the hell would you do that? It's <laughs> it's it's a fun show and. <laughs> It's moments like that that I think are what like people watch Survivor for is they want to see smug people get their just desserts. Exactly. Whenever you see whenever you see somebody talk on the show about like I've got this game under control, I've got them all wrapped around my finger. I've you know I don't I I don't have to worry about be, being voted out tonight. Boom, he's gone. You just know. Also, the other part, which is the uh, in, a, in a psychological manner, it is always watching like right before the, the final vote for the million dollars and checking the day one, the day one tribes like versus that day. Cause not only are they like growing beards and their clothes are like basically dissolving and they're very, very skinny cause they don't have any food. <laughs> <laughs> like this is malnourishment at this point. That'll, that'll hold them over. Uh, no, the best part is they go from like overconfident. Like I'm here to make friends. This is a good day or I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Whatever is your reality show trope, pick it, whatever. Right. The best part is is I have a strategy in mind. If you ever see Survivor, see those see those moments, see those confessionals day one versus the final days, day twenty seven, day twenty eight. Yeah. There is always a change. All of them change. Well it's 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 pointless to go in with any sort of overlying strategy anymore because you have no idea how they're going to arrange the tribes. You have no idea when they're going to swap people around, you have no idea what advantages or what twists they're going to do. You have no idea if they're going to bring people back from earlier seasons to play with you because they do that a lot too. It, that's so their version just, of the returning champion. That's the well. And, a lot of them are not returning champions. Well, let, let, let's get that yeah, that straight. Like, except for like, I, what was it? What was like the one time they had that was uh, wrong? They've done they've, they've done a few all returning seasons. The first one was All Stars. 
where uh, they brought back they brought back Richard Hatch from Borneo. They brought back Tina from Australia, uh, Ethan from Africa. They were all winners, uh, and then a bunch of a bunch of other like really high profile players. Then later on, they did one called Heroes versus Villains, where there were a couple of winners on on both tribes, but it wasn't like they weren't all super heavy hitters. There were some people where you looked at the cast and said, "Why are they? Why are they coming back?" <laughs> I don't even I don't even remember how they played the first time. What you know, Danielle? Oh, I remember her. Back. She said a thing <laughs> I liked once. She she said she's a captain of sports. Okay, we'll bring her back for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they they they've done a couple, and they they did one most recently, which was Game Changers, and. Um, you know, they, they try to bring a couple of winners back, but the problem with that is if you've won the game, you are instantly a target for when you come back because everybody's looking at you saying, you've already won. What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> well, you won a second million dollars because, you know, one million dollars is just not enough these days. <laughs> no, no, no. And somebody has won the game twice, which, uh, is, uh, which is also a point of controversy for a lot of people. It is. Oh, that did happen, didn't it? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because a lot of people thought, well, oh, she didn't deserve to win either time, or she just kind of skated by to the end and all that stuff. And the appeal of Survivor is always the Tribal Council moments. It's always the votes. It's always that thing, because you get things like the Hidden Immunity Idol bluff. You get things like, uh, at least in later seasons, they change rules, and like you can get two votes, or you can deny someone the right to vote, or... You can you can nullify an idol. You can nullify an idol. There's yeah, an idol they're... nullifier now. So now, yeah. if you play an idol because you think you're getting eliminated, you can now play the idol nullifier and deny that person the right to. Yeah, I mean, it, basically, you have to you have to guess correctly that an idol is going to be played, and that you know you know who the idol is going to be played on. But yeah, like there was they they introduced that in the not this last season, but the season before the David versus Goliath. And oh. it was used. It was used to perfection to get somebody out who was a who was a major threat. That was no. That was like I. The, that was a beautiful, beautiful. That is television gold right there. That is a yeah. game show television gold. That is like that is equal to any spinoff on Press Your Luck. That is equal. There's to a there's winner's a gift circle there, last second. <laughs> there are a couple of gifts uh, from Survivor that circulate around, and one of them is from a tribal council. Where all the you know all the people who were who played the idol thought they had it figured out who who they were going to be voting for, and it turns out it was somebody else. And you just watch their smiles just drain from their faces as they realize, oh crap, we played it on the wrong person. We're screwed now. And then somebody from the from the minority is just with this complete crap eating grin, knowing that he's he's pulled one over on these guys. My, the best one was I forgot what season it was that that happened, and instead of this this huge grin, they broke the fourth wall and they looked right at the camera and smiled like yeah, <laughs> that was a ah. ship. I don't know ah. who that was, but that was oh great. okay. So that one was I don't think that was a tribal council one. That was like after a swap though, because you're 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 thinking of the one where there's like the one woman kind of gasps in dismay and the other one like covers her mouth in shock, and then there's this one dude in the back. Who yes, gets this massive, <laughs> massive just like, grin on his face. Because, and he's like nodding like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, this game's on now. No, that was like somebody voted, it got voted out from uh, from a majority alliance. He's like, oh yeah, we, we turned the tables on these guys. We got them. So it is an ultimate test of game theory. It's an ultimate test of voting. 
It's an ultimate, I wouldn't say, they, I mean, they're still doing the island because, I mean, that's kind of the thematic of it. Oh, they, they've parked themselves in Fiji for the last four years, and I don't think they're, they're moving anytime soon. they own, soon. like, part of that island now? I think that they might as well at this point because they, like, they started, season 33 was when they, uh, when they moved to Fiji, and we're on season 39 now, and... They're still in Fiji. And the funny part is, the the funniest part about the fact it's in Fiji is it's still a beautiful island, like beautiful waters, beautiful everything. But they put it in the like most desolate part of it. It's like going to Malibu and just like <laughs> trying well, to frame they, it so you don't see any houses use, or a hotel. They use the same islands over and over again. I got to feel like, boy, you got to move those things around. It They're going to run out of uh, they're going to run, run out of coconuts pretty soon. Oh, the- <laughs> you know, because everybody's already picked them clean, you know? They got to fly them out. <laughs> they got to drop them. And then they have to, like, I mean, I'm sure they, they can, they're thinking of, like, other locations, but I, I think might as well do Fiji. Um, I, I, think they're, I think they're in Fiji to stay at this point just because, for budgetary concerns, it's a lot easier to just stay in one place instead of having to, you know, you know, circle the globe looking for, you know, scouting locations for one thing and then having to. Isn't it easier yeah. to just be in the office and come up with the tribal gimmick or. Exactly. The... Yeah. All, all, all the, all the tribal division gimmicks that they're using now, the heroes versus healers versus hustlers. Oh my God. I can't believe I said that out loud. The triple H. <laughs> <laughs> just call the triple H. You had a heroes versus villain season already. How do you do another heroes versus other things? Because uh, they want to keep having uh, good people win. They let's, just want... let's, and then let's there's do like a who's still standing season where it's heroes versus strangers. That'll work. Uh, uh, you know what? Well, we'll come up with some of those at the in in, in a bit. But we okay. got to talk about before we go into our ideas for gimmicks and other fun ideas. We got to talk about some of the bad twists that they have tried. Now, I don't yeah. nullifier. Good hidden mute isles. Obviously great because that. Added I don't know if you can say the idle nullifier is that good though. Um. But no, it, there is. It worked the one time it, it, it was played. But the problem with it is the whole the whole concept of an immunity idol is that if you are if you're an underdog, you have this extra life. You have this last little slingshot that you can use to keep yourself in the game. If you have an idol and you're like the the last you know last person left of your side, and the other side finds the idol nullifier, well then you know you're 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 toast. You know, wasn't there an idol nullifier nullifier? <laughs> No, I, I, I haven't gotten that far yet, but I hope Jeff Probst is not listening to this uh, podcast because uh, Jeff Probst, if you're we listening, might be giving him some stop by. Here. <laughs> I want to talk Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Yes. <laughs> also, your also your book series, uh, uh, Stranded. Um, oh my God! Yeah, he did that too. Um, so, so uh, they, they've tried a few gimmicks that just didn't work. I mean, Game Changers. I guess I screwed up because that was the fifty thousand twists every like week was a new yeah. dumb twist. There was, this is how bad it got on Game Changers. There was a tribal council where everybody had immunity except for one person, and that person was immediately eliminated from the game. And she was a total like fan favorite. Everybody loved her. She'd gotten close like two uh, two times before and couldn't quite close the deal because she couldn't get to the to the final tribal. And the fact, and nobody voted for her either. But it's just like, well, we don't have anybody else to vote for, so uh, come on up and give me your torch, and we're gonna, you know, unceremoniously, unceremoniously throw you out. And everyone handed over their immunity idols. Like that was it. Yeah, advantage getting is what it is known in the fan community. Uh, oh, we gotta go to that community too. But then there's things yeah. like Exile Island, Redemption Island, Edge of Extinction. Yeah, Edge of Extinction, which they just did. 
and um, I keep saying like I and the funny thing is before we before I watched the season, I did not watch Edge of Extinction. I told Tim like if I was to do a gimmick, I wouldn't have it so the jury can vote someone back in. <laughs> and well, yeah, <laughs> I had my wish, there, and it didn't lot work of, out. Lot of where it's like no, they've already done that, and it was a horrific, horrific failure. And the, the issue with this, this is not something that they they. This is not a new concept to Survivor. They've done this twice before where it's like, oh, you get voted out, but you're still kind of in the game. Uh, they did it in Pearl Islands where they had outcasts. Um, and Which then I heard it. everyone got pissed about because that was not brought up to anybody. I, I feel like the outcast twist would have worked better if there was if, if there was some clue to the fact that these people were, were going to have a chance to come back. If there was a case of like, because whenever somebody gets voted out, uh, Probst always has like one last little comment that he wants to leave the tribe with as they as they head back over to camp. And it would have been really nice for him to say like, "Well, you just voted this person out. Well, time will tell if uh, if you might if you made the right decision or if this decision is going to come back to haunt you." Something like that, where it's just like, "Okay, plant the seed in their brains of, uh oh, did we vote the right person out, or are we you know, like, did we screw ourselves here?" Or, but or they like didn't a do phrase, that. Like- the tribe has spoken. You must now leave this island. Yeah. <gasps> this island? <laughs> yeah, and when they when they brought it back, when they brought back this idea of bringing people back from being voted out, they made it a lot more obvious of, okay, no, you're being voted out now, but you still have a chance to come back in. You know, take your torch and head over to Redemption Island where, you know, you're going to have to, you know, play a carnival game to stay in the game, How essentially. Those are all carny games. Oh, geez. Yeah. Shuffleboard, for God's sake! I love Big Brother. Big they Brother, like Big Brother classic is shuffleboard. <laughs> In the rain, those are two. Those are two great tastes that do not taste great together. I'm sorry. I mean, to be fair, it is CBS, and who's their median audience age? <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, not not the one on the Lido deck. No, the one where you're actually like you're up on the table and and yeah, the version oh, yeah, that the, I the bar shuffleboard. Like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about that one, by the way. <laughs> uh, but the, I, I like the, the, the I like the challenges on Survivor, and I can't say anything about Big Brother yet because uh, hi, uh, we'll get we'll talk about that in a future episode. What yeah, Survivor don't, does don't, don't well? Waste your uh, don't waste your podcast on that now. <laughs> uh, what Survivor does well is it always evolves the game in one form or another, rather it's twists or turns, rather it's idols, and the community. Oh boy. <laughs> Community has some opinions. Yeah, I've, there's a Survivor Sucks, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that has been around for pretty much since the show's inception. And it was, originally it was completely unironic. There was, there was, there was a, a group of people who just like, they, I don't know if they were just hate watching the show or if they were, if they were just protesting or something, but it was, it was not in good fun. And then as time progressed, it kind of became a bit of a fan fan boards and of course you have like the survivor subreddit and places like that and i i mean like they spoil things they try and like peek at like what is video what is production stills who is in this footage who is in that footage seen from the next episode they pick apart they <laughs> and they are serious about survivor on that on that message board yeah it, it, there is there's a term that i don't know if this is this is uh, unique to Survivor, or or if you've heard this on other shows, have you ever heard the word edgic? I have not, but please refer to the audience. So edgic is basically deriving deriving from the edits 
what characters are going to uh, are going to do well and which ones aren't based on like how many confessionals are they getting when they're getting confessionals how are they being portrayed are they talking about game strategy are they talking about their personal struggles or are they just talking about oh the sky is blue today oh how lovely um and there was actually a season a couple of years ago where everybody who was not following the edgic thought one person was going to win where people who were actually paying attention to the edit were saying no 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 this girl is going to win bank it and sure enough season ends and the the conventional favorite didn't win it was this this person that ever the, the the edit people were uh were, were pointing at as saying we're, was going to be the winner uh oh yeah speaking of survivor china before we we uh i guess close the books on survivor china and the winner which i believe was todd that season that is uh, correct i'm trying not to spoil anything just in case anybody wants to uh if you want to, to see Survivor, seasons. please go to CBS All Access. I will say it's the biggest investment you can make, not just because of Survivor, uh, but you get Big Brother Life Feeds, The Amazing Race, and if you're a game show fan, and some of you might be, you can get the prices right. Game show fans to listening to this podcast, <laughs> what the hell are you on, Jordan? <laughs> I look. I, I'm a more mainstream audience. I'm not trying to get. <laughs> I try to get everybody. But uh, look, let's make a deal, and the Prices Right is available on CBS All Access. You can watch. Today's episode on your phone, on your iPad, on your commercial on your, free, and it's commercial free. If you yeah. if you just pay the up fee, commercial free, you get forty four minutes. Take it with you at the gym. Have a good time. And Twilight Zone and Star Trek. Too, oh yeah, so. yeah, of course, because everyone loves Jordan Peele, and they love uh, Star Trek. Yeah, uh, so. Discovery. The the the, yeah, the so there, it's there like the Orville, reasons, but not funny. Yeah, there are other reasons to get CBS All Access that don't involve. Uh, silly game and reality shows but really it really is the best investment i will say i've used more cbs all access in the last few months than i have hulu oh yeah and uh like my roommates and, and friends and i <laughs> i i have the cbs all access account and then they have the, the netflix and the hulu and the amazon prime so we kind of we kind of share the uh share the wealth in that way please do it please and folks share the wealth share your cbs all access codes with your friends <laughs> Um, now I've lost the endorsement of CBS. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I should have said that out loud, but uh, uh, <laughs> but but no, seriously, like like if your game CBS All Access, I guess Hulu when when Summer Fun and Games, which is about now. Um, <clears throat> so one thing I did not know about Survivor China was Ashley Massaro. Was yes, good, uh, and unfortunately, she just recently passed away. She recently passed away from the WWE. She was in the news recently over incidences that happened with the company. And I did not know that she was a contestant on Survivor, but this is before I believe she was in in the WWE. No, she was she was uh, she was cast as because they did an introduction of all the contestants when they started the show, and they said she was a WWE wrestler, and uh, she got voted out second because she got in kind of a feud with some really weird guy from her tribe, uh, and you know, and they were having arguments about like how to build the shelter, whether they should be conserving energy for challenges and all that stuff, and just rub the wrong person the wrong way, and that was it for her, unfortunately. It it happens. Survivor is a game show. I have to keep saying it is a game show. Everyone says it's a reality show. I mean, it is because of the way they edit to make heroes villains. However, but in the core of it, the I should keep pointing this out here, just because I think. Uh, if it's okay, Tim, I'm going to have to get, be a little angry right now. Uh-oh. The producers don't rig the show. 
Oh my god, I was about to bring that up. I honestly was okay. So here's the thing. One of the one of the common things you'll hear about reality shows is oh they 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 choose who they want to win ahead of time and they just they build the show around that person. Let me let me tell you something. If I were to be on the show and be told you are going to be starving for 39 days, you are going to be exposed to the elements. You're going to be sleeping on sand. Uh, you're going to be drinking dirty water. You are not going to you are not going to be able to cool off when you're hot or won't warm up when you're cold. You are going to be dragged through hell for more than a month, but you're not going to win because we already picked the winner. Do you honestly think that I would come back to the States and not say to anybody willing to listen, dude, they rigged this show. I was not allowed to win. The fact that it has gone 39 seasons without anybody saying anything like that should, I, should be a pretty good testament to the fact that, no, they are they are not rigging this show. And, like, we have seen, I've seen time and time again, people who played the best game, people who played how I would play it, just end up being wiped out. <laughs> The producers cannot rig a game. There is standards and practices. Do you want me to? T- do you want me to? T- I will. I will break it. I will break the game right now. I will break Survivor for you guys. Sorry, folks. I'm going to spoil everything. <clears throat> when a game of Survivor is about to show up, there is a set schedule for what days have what events, what challenges, what is a tribal council, what are we going to see? Essentially, in terms of not who's going where. But, like, this tribe is going to be in this zone. This tribe's going to be in this zone. And we are setting up the uh, walk the pl- walk the prank uh, uh, boat challenge. So there's your three teams. So there's crew one, crew two, crew three. There is a set schedule day to day of what is going to happen. Not necessarily who's going to be eliminated. Just, okay, the, the walk the, the plank challenge is this day. The uh, rope burn challenge is this day. The uh, the temptation challenge is this day. The see your friends and family is this day, so we're going to have to call the friends and family and have them fly out. All of that is already pre-scheduled. All the way down to when it's the final vote. All of that is already predetermined because they have to go through every challenge and get it accepted by standards and practices to make sure it is fair for everybody. Because if it's not, then there's an unfair advantage and you can basically call out the show. The only time it is uh, acceptable is if you uh, if it's a tribal vote and there was a twist that did not occur and it was not told by producers or told by anybody, which is why a lot of people did not like the Outcast uh, season, even though it was hinted at just slightly. Right. Well, there is no there is no formal standards and practices on Survivor. I know that much, but I'm I'm just speaking from the standpoint of if somebody was voted out second and they will say it. that's know, all they will say is. Well, yeah. the show is based on the vote, so you ran, you yeah. got the most votes, you are eliminated. Exactly, but it, it's a case of this would have leaked by now. It would have some disgruntled employee, some disgruntled player, somebody who who is not invested in the show and has you know has an axe to grind with it would have said no, 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 no. They they've decided everything ahead of time, <laughs> and and it the can't thing happen. is you can't you can't predict what happens out there. They've had. They, they've actually had to evacuate the entire uh, the entire cast because of a because of a monsoon that was was blowing through the blowing through the island and they had to you know get everybody out so that they wouldn't be you know wouldn't be murdered essentially so when that day happened by the way uh, fun fact about that the monsoon season they had to basically they got everyone into a hotel room because that's where you'd be safe but what they had to do is they had to make sure every person that was on the show that was a contestant 
were in separate rooms with someone on site that was a producer or an assistant or someone that could be a casting assistant to make sure they cannot talk to one another. Right. And there was like, there was no furniture in the room, so they couldn't lie down or anything like that. It was, they, they basically removed them from the danger, but they didn't give them any additional comfort during the time. And it was, and they had bits moments, just, but it wasn't like that was the show. It was just like, yep, here's like part of the hotel. That's it. Yeah. And you also can't account uh, can't account for injuries and and stuff like that because theoretically, okay, we have this golden cho- uh, golden boy that we want to have win the game, and then he, you know, gets he sprains a cut his ankle and, and he's out. Yeah, he, he gets a cut and the cut gets infected. Well, he's gone. You know, you you gotta they gotta account for that too. There's there there are too many variables in play to effectively choreograph the outcome of this game. And there is medics on standby on both tribes to make sure everyone's safe. They just yeah. don't show him. Uh, the producers are not allowed to talk to anybody. And I include. And the only time they are allowed to talk is in a confessional, and it's only briefly. Like, they can't really force them to say lines. So it's really just, how are you? Right. And, or, and going, back to, going back to the entries, like, a couple of people have almost died on the show. Oh, do you want to talk about the the incident in season two with the famous flame? Or oh, I wasn't even thinking of that one. But yeah, we can talk about that and and the uh, the the eventual future that that contestant ended up having. Um, uh, so it was uh, Survivor, the Australian Outback. Correct. And uh, as you know, fire represents life on the island. Yes, and uh, but don't get too close to the fire, or else uh, bad things will happen. So, contestant had to get uh, evacuated. Uh, we're because he wanted to add more fuel to the fire, so he threw a shitload of wood, and then the fire jumped and hit him. He well, the story the the story about that is he was tending to the fire. He breathed in some of the smoke, and it made him woozy for just just a, a, a long enough period of time that he kind of fell forward. And he used his hands to catch himself, but he, his hands landed in the fire. So it burnt all the skin off of his hands. Do you want me to tell you the funniest thing? Because this is for the gamers here. Because I just want to remind me of my favorite part about Survivor the Australian Outback. Are you ready? This is season. This is episode six. It was called Trial by Fire. <laughs> now, there was a reward challenge. It was basically like a one person is the eyes. Everyone else is blindfolded. Get across the navigation. Oh, I, think I, can, I think I know where you're going with this. The prize. The winning prize. Is the gamer staple Doritos and Mountain Dew? <laughs> Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I have to bring that, and it's not. It's, I love that too. I love when they do awkward. Product and the losing placement. tribe was so pissed off that they missed out on the on the Doritos and Mountain Dew that they they like had to carry a bucket of water around, and they had this this full bucket that like four people would have to carry, and they just chucked it at the at the woman who was who was their uh their uh their eyes who was sitting on this crow's nest little tower thing and they just drenched her with the water because they were so angry but they needed that water so they kind of sabotaged themselves we needed that mountain dew and i just want to point i if it's also one thing you should know about me i love awkward product placement and survivor is i think i think i would say third i would actually say of the of the big three shows 
Like which when I say big three, I mean yeah, idol. Well, it was it was it, there was a lot of product placement in the early years because the show was so popular, which actually makes it even more hilarious when they have product placement now because it sticks out so badly. Oh, like the seven. You are up, going to the Marshalls Lounge. The seven the up, uh, seven minutes. You get, your your reward is you're going to see Jack and Jill starring Adam Sandler. <laughs> they actually did that as a reward. These were, by the way, these are almost like real rewards that they gave away. No, they actually did that. They actually said your reward is you're going to this little theater with snacks because that, you know. Because food. Yeah, but you are going to see Jack and Jill starring Adam Sandler because (laughs) it's a movie about families. And families don't always get along, but they have to work together to a common goal. And that is what this challenge is all about. The best part of that is. There is, you know, they, they, you know, whenever somebody wins a, a reward, they always show a little bit of them enjoying the reward. So they're watching this movie, and there's just one guy who's laughing it up. Oh, this is the funniest movie ever. Some other guy. Oh, my God. I love Adam Sandler. This is so funny. And then there's this woman sitting in the front row just stone-faced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is not amused. And... And it, this is to promote is, the movie because it was coming out that week. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like it was coming out that 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 uh, you know in a couple of weeks, and just like I, they wouldn't put her on camera saying I hated this movie. I was bored to tears, but just the it was just like this one second clip of her name is Sophie, and it's just Sophie just staring dead eyed at the <laughs> screen in front of her, and that was. I, there, there's a there's a website called the Funny One Fifteen, which does which like encapsulates a lot of funny moments from the show. Their their like cover photo for seasons twenty one through thirty is Sophie just w- looking like somebody shooting her dog. <laughs> it is because with like Amazing Race, it's like Travelocity, so it's the roving gnome. Yeah, with Big Brother, like okay, kind of makes somewhat sense because it's like you're in Outback Steakhouse is a big one, I think. Outback Steakhouse in a lot of movies, they did like a 21 promotion when the movie 21 came out. And now you see me, or whatever CBS drama that they're, that they're premiering next fall. The little challenge, yeah. challenge about that. But Survivor, it, there's something funny about it because you're on an island. Now imagine like you, because the idea is supposed to be you're on the desert island, like you're desert. No one's there to help you out. You're all alone. And what do you see in the distance that you're playing for? Arby's roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> like, or the, 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 uh, there, was a, there was a reward challenge in season, I want to say season 30, where it was like all the chocolate you could eat. Yes. Now, first of all, if you are in like a tropical weather, chocolate is not necessarily something you want to gorge on because what are you going to wash that down with? Oh. But don't, don't worry because... They thought of that because you know, they have beverages to go with the chocolate too. Did you know what they had with the M and M's and Snickers and Twix and Hershey bars? I hope it's another sugar-packed soda. Lemonade. Oh, delicious! Lemonade and chocolate. Mmm. Then some reminds me of the time they had to have beer. Whenever they have like alcohol on there, because that's just going to no, be the best part them of, even the best more. Part of when they have. The best part of when they have beer as a reward is there are always like there's always like one or two contestants who are under drinking age. And so they always have to like beer, but only for the adults. You kids, you get root beer. Yay. <laughs> okay. No, oh, it's always it's always a fun trade. It's always yeah. a good trade. Uh 
things like like sometimes it makes sense like Home Depot you get some supplies but, but right mostly, yeah you, you know you, you can you can upgrade your camp this way but most of the time I just see it and it's like I kind of you know what I miss as a reward oh, was season one at the, right at the end when the, the reward was a yacht like you get to be on the yacht for the night yeah they, they did that a couple of times where it's like okay you're gonna be on a yacht and we're gonna serve you dinner and Jeff Probst would give the contestants his personal visa card quote unquote and you could order whatever you want off the menu and I, they, I think they stopped doing that pretty quickly on because, you know, th- th- that wasn't as, I don't know, that wasn't as catchy of a reward as, as some of the other ones that they came well, they up w- with. Well, they like, uh, I mean, like, like okay, so family, that makes sense. Although it's still messed up when you lose and you have to wave goodbye to your, your mom or your girlfriend. <laughs> that was... Well, at least you get, you get that one hug, at least. You get the one hug, and then it's like, like no, don't say any words. Can't say anything else. <laughs> Well, no, it, it's kind of funny how the whole the, the loved ones visit has evolved because originally it was there was no loved ones visit. It was just, you know, somebody won the challenge and, oh, look, here's your dad. And then uh, because remember, Jeff Probst tried to have a talk show at one point. And so the loved ones visit is now kind of his attempt to still do the talk show because he'll like oh let's bring out your let's bring out your husband oh how hard has it been to be out here in the wilderness and not see your husband and then they'll talk about it and they'll cry and it's it's the 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 relationships are not always that strong sometimes it's like here's your here's your younger sister oh talk about the the or, or or here's your uncle. Talk about the relationship between an uncle and his nephew. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Howard? Uncle Howard and Franklin? What? <laughs> They're just sitting there going, uh, I, I'm proud of him? See? Yeah, it's just like this this unique relationship you have between a stepdad and a stepson. Like, no. <laughs> Stop well, it. Uh... The mom didn't want to do it. You're both throwing marbles out of a bag and trying to see if they match. Good job, you know. Oh yeah, we should. Speaking of marbles, we have to talk about tiebreakers too. We forgot to talk about the important part about uh, tribal. In the event of a Mm -hmm. tie, uh, normally it would go to one more vote with with, uh, the only the two that were tied. Right. In the event that it's not tied, they have to draw stones, (laughs) and then later it became the most important tiebreaker, a challenge. The challenge, make fire. Make fire, yep. So now it's not just a luck-based game. It's a fire-based making game. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, the concept behind it was, so the, the way the tiebreaker rules work are if, if, it's a, if it's a tie for the first vote, then you can only vote for those two people. If there is still a tie after that, then you have to have like a group discussion where you have to unanimously agree on one person to, to vote out of the game. If they can't agree, then the two people who were getting votes, they become immune, and everybody else has to draw rocks. So it's 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 a case of, like, you have to make a decision, or else the people you're trying to vote out are now safe, and now you're in trouble. And that, and that becomes a strategy, too. And that was an early on, like, when that rule was implemented, people were worried. Yeah, there was one there was one instance, and this is kind of a of an infamous moment in Survivor history, where uh, it was, there were four people left. It was a two-two tie. They couldn't agree on one person, so they said, "Okay, well, the you know the person who's won immunity is still safe, but the three of you are going to draw rocks, and whoever draws the the purple rock is out of the game." 
and they drew rocks. And this one guy who was in his fifties and was not being voted on originally, he drew the purple purple rock and he was gone. And the legend has it that they actually made a mistake and they weren't supposed to use that as the tiebreaker. And they were supposed to use the fire making challenge, but it like they forgot or something. And so that's how you know that's how that moment ended up happening. Oh, uh, so now we move on to the next part of the game. Uh, we got to talk about. So let's see. Let me get through my list of questions that we've already done. What happened to each round? We already, did the, we already discussed it. What's the mm-hmm. format? We already discussed it. What did they win? Million bucks. And, and in season one in Pontiac Aztec. Remember Pontiac Aztec? Oh my, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they try to give away cars. They always seem to find the, the least, like the the car that would be out of production the following year. Uh, was it adapted? We already explained that one because Exhibition Robinson. Uh, was it adapted into something? Yeah, there were some board games, some video games. Uh, yeah, none of them were ever any good, though. The board game was okay. I mean, it was like the YouTube, like, like ones that I see, uh, de- definitely are much better adaptations of Survivor. And sometimes they get like former players. Didn't yeah, you? Well, didn't, wasn't there a few uh, former Survivor contestants that you recently encountered? Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was doing a uh, convention this past week for Memorial Day, and uh, Wendy from this past season just happened to show up and play a couple of our games. I got a picture taken with me and. Or with her, and uh, also went to a meetup a few years ago where there were a couple of alums there as well. It's 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 kind of weird because even though we're in LA, a lot of like the meetups and stuff tend to happen on the East Coast, so I don't get much of a chance to enjoy that stuff. But I have run into a few of them, so that was that was a lot of fun. And they're not like they're they're somewhat like they are on the show, but they're much more happier, cheerful. Like... Oh yeah, because it because they've eaten. <laughs> that's a fair point they, even they had a soft bed to sleep in the, the previous night so they're fine <laughs> we like you wendy oh no wendy wendy was a sweetheart oh no i, I like wendy on uh, oh yeah there's like it's always like have you noticed it's always like those like the, the most game show contestancy people are the best contestants well yeah because i they i think they understand where they are they understand First of all, they understand how to play the game, and also they understand they're on camera. So they 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 know what the people want, and they give it to them. I'm, I'm not trying to say, like, other contestants, but when I mean game show contestants, I don't mean, like, the screamy siren contestant. I mean, like... Oh, God, the, no. No, no, no. No, we're talking, like, the, hi, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great. Love being here. I know it's only day eight, but I can I can survive the next 20. Right. Well, it, it's weird, because, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, game shows of the past couple of decades where they never seem to cast anybody who, you know, not to cast aspersions on anybody, but the, you know, like the, the, the games are very simple minded. So they cast very simple minded contestants to be on those shows. And they're just, they're just, they're just energy without any direction, but on survivor, it's different. Like the people who are on these shows are generally very smart people. And because they have to strategize, 24-7 for 39 days, knowing that one wrong move, one wrong word to the wrong person, and their game's over. So they are, they are, their brains are going all the time, and so they deliver really good confessionals of, like, how they're thinking, what, where they want the game to go, what the, the move they're making, why they're making it, what they hope to accomplish from it, and it, 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 that's, one, that's another good reason why people who are game show fans really should be watching more Survivors, because these these people are genuinely smart. They understand the game, and they're they're trying to maximize their opportunities instead of 
you know, picking numbered cases and then, you know, screaming off the, you know, screaming their heads off when it's a million dollars. <laughs> My favorite moments in Survivor besides the tribals are when it's the confessional right before tribal, when they know they're going to get like voted off. And it's like, there's already the discuss of we're getting so-and-so out. And yeah. there's always that, sometimes that moment where the guy's crying, like he's crying because he's like, <laughs> My best friend is the target. I loved him since day one. Go. We got along just fine. And I don't want to ruin it because I want him to have the million. But I know if I vote against him, I'm the target next week. And I don't right. want to do this. I don't, And they yeah, have a meltdown. It's, it's so tragic when there are, there's like a two-person alliance and they get isolated and they know that they're like one of us is going home. And they know that the only way they can spare themselves is for voting you know, by voting for the other person, um, that's dramatic. And, you know, that, that just speaks to the, you know, speaks to the storylines that this, this show keeps turning out season after season. Uh, so, so now we got through all the, what's the game aspects with the show. Uh, Jeff Probst, we will, if we're explained a bit of him, uh, right. he, he is unlike a game show cause he's now like an adventurer host. He is a dig deep, uh, immunity. You dig deep. That's the way you play it here on Survivor. Survivor, you gotta live every day. <laughs> every day is a day in Survivor. Every day You're could still be your this. Let's move. Immunity goes to Connolly. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good yet. You know, I, that, that's I, the other I, thing. I know for a f- I, 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 I said I'm gonna hold it. I said I was gonna hold it off. Do that. Uh, I, I already know how I would do if I was on Survivor. <laughs> I've already yeah. said that uh, on uh, on your Twitch. Because I because I've already established like I already like can see in my head where I would end up. Well, you, you never know. It, it, it's the game's so unpredictable now. You, I mean, you could so so you could, so you the, could definitely be. So you, you're you're a charismatic fellow. You could probably go per, a lot farther than that. That's you where think. I was going with. It's like, I'm. A, it'll be. I would definitely people would pin me as the obnoxious guy because it'd be like I'm the talkative guy. I'll be talking to everybody. Yeah, or, and it would be like, oh, it's Jordan. He's just chatting it up. And now, and my strategy would just be chatting it up because if everybody knows me, there I would not be the the target on the back quite early because usually early on in the series it's always who's the least talkative, who's the quiet guy because I can't work with that guy. I don't know that guy. Right. And either that or somebody who's just completely a, a total liability in the challenges and they're just dead weight. Yeah, and and I'm good at puzzles, so I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, in that case, you got nothing to worry about because you're 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 going far. Uh, so so then it would be the 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 secret uh, muni idol hunt would always be right around like like right in the dusk of of the morning when everyone else would probably still be asleep. Start looking for the muni idol, but only like in places where there's lots of petrified wood because that's usually where it is the petrified <laughs> wood area. And then uh, when it comes to a tribal council. I will just simply say out loud to Jeff, I am voting for this person and say nothing else. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Oh, you're you're allowed I, to say I, whatever I, you want because it's because you're not specifically okay. saying I'm we're voting for this guy. Yeah, because uh, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, there have been a couple of instances where it's like, I'm just voting for this guy. And it's and if Jeff's gonna say why, I just go, I'm voting oh, for no, him. Oh no, he won't let you get he will not let you get away with that. I'm voting for him. Uh, he is no, 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 no. He Jeff Probst can be a uh, Jeff Probst can be a monster. He at tribal is a council. monster, but I will just keep doing it just to stir he, and piss he off. He will Jeff. no. He will he will drag it out of you if he has to. <laughs> so do you will, do you like him more than her? Is that why? Do you like? That? Do you see him as a threat? I'm voting for him. 
and just keep nodding and saying no like he like i i've heard stories if you aren't if you are not playing along during tribal council he was like you mother effer you better f and tell me all the you know tell me everything you don't think you can just f and sit there with you know all quiet and you can't answer my effing questions stuff like that like which is not will, on cbs <laughs> they don't which is that. no not even on all access unfortunately um uh, but and then yeah, most likely, will... and then most likely, I'd be out probably f- day eight, day nine, like 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 after four or five eliminations, because by well, then, four or five by eliminations then, will probably be like all, day 12, all of 15. my things in pre-merge. I don't know because you you know the thing about being voted out on Survivor is that people will find the strangest reasons to vote somebody out, and you, you can't put a finger on it. There are instances where somebody will make a random comment about going home and eating mashed potatoes, and that suddenly becomes the, oh, she wants to go home and eat mashed potatoes. Oh, she's gone. We're all voting for her now. That, that is so, true. I, I, yeah, I, so. I, don't, I think I'd just get on people's nerves. I think that would be what would knock me out of the game. It wouldn't so much be but alliances. You know if, you're get, if you get on people's nerves enough, they might just drag you to the end. But then they but might I say, know, you know, oh, Jordan's that, never getting any votes. I got an easy opponent in the final tribal. But then I know if I'm in final five or final six, that's when I'm, I'm going to try my best to find either hidden immunity idols or play the immunity game and try my best to swing the vote at the guy who definitely has a target on my back. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like you you act like you act super obnoxious for like the first two weeks or so. So people look at you and say, oh, we got we got. This is my this is my goat here. I'm gonna just drag him to the end with me, and then I'll win. And then when you get to like seven or six or seven people left, that's when you turn on the game, and that's when you start finding idols and start winning these challenges. And then when you get to final trouble, it's like, well, look, see, my plan was to be super obnoxious and to have nobody like me. Yeah. But in reality, I was just doing that so that I would be dragged this far, and then there's less competition to find the idols and win the challenges and everything. So I played this game perfectly. Give me the money. Because that's my because my strategy is, is simply be friends with everybody, even though yeah. it's going to be like it's going to be seen as you're not picking alliance, you go away. I right. Mean, like, the, yeah, I'm definitely the weak person, but I'm going to be friends with everybody because the strategy is to be friends with the more friends exactly. you have in that jury is the when cliche you have is the reality show cliche is I'm not here to make friends. Well, that is not how this game works. The game of Survivor works like this: everybody lands on the beach with a million dollar check in their hands. And in order to win, you have to take that check away from everybody else and rip it into pieces right in front of their faces. The trick is to do it in such a way so that when they end up on the jury and you're sitting at the end, they don't take the opportunity uh, to do the same thing to you. And the way you do that is by making friends, building relationships, building bonds with other people, finding common ground, all this stuff so that when that time comes, they look at you and they, they don't look at you and let's say, you know, you were the biggest a-hole out here. There's no way you're getting a dime out of my rectum. Which which definitely people will not say about me. I would say they'll say me obnoxious. I'm not loyal to an alliance. But other than that, they'll just say, you're, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it, there have been there have been final tribals where somebody thought he had the game all wrapped up and the million dollars was his and one by one the jurors come up and say you were the biggest piece of crap i've ever seen in my life i am not you are not getting my vote sorry i'm voting for either one of these people but just not you and that's and that's always and then there's like that final question that final million dollar question they ask pick a number between one and ten no sorry <laughs> <laughs> that that is the cliched one but it's now an infamous one too yeah 
Uh, oh no! Wait, one more thing we have to bring up here because Survivor, I would say, is also the most beautiful game show out there too. Not oh, yeah. because of the strategy, the cinematography on the show. Oh yes, we have yeah, not brought they, that up. The music and the in the video. Yeah, it, it it really is. They 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 made the switch to HD in season seventeen, I believe, in Gabon, and ever since then, like they definitely take advantage of their setting. It is colorful. It is vivid. Uh, you know, like you said, the music is. The, the, they use music to great effect to tell the story on uh, on each of the episodes. They use they use sound effects. There's this one. Uh, there's this one sound effect that keeps happening of kind of like this little gong whenever something funny happens or when somebody says something, not realizing that they're absolutely wrong about what they're saying. You know, so they are. They they use the audio visual elements of that show very very effectively and then sometimes the infamous woodblock guide start there uh <laughs> everyone forgets that the uh the thing that's typical in hell's kitchen the uh someone said something really stupid and then you hear that doot, doot noise yeah survivor <laughs> uh i haven't heard much water phone in uh, survivor though as <laughs> And uh, for those of you who don't know what a water phone is, it's 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 this thing that you play with. It does the oh yeah the uh, sound the eerie noise the eerie yes exactly plotting. Uh, Also, we got to bring up one more thing: the ancient voices. Yes, uh, ancient voices is the synonymous theme song with Survivor. You don't hear it as much anymore uh, because nowadays, instead of doing the the opening spiel where. They show everybody in the cast. They just jump right into the action. Uh, they don't even have like a title card anymore for Survivor. But you can go on YouTube and you can watch the you can watch the themes and everything. And each one has its own unique flavor to it. So I uh, like you know in the in the early seasons it was like in Australia they had the didgeridoo playing, or in Africa they had like African chanting voices or something. Yeah, you know, they 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 definitely add some local flavor to whatever whatever instance of the theme song they're using and the i okay and i gotta point this out here because this is one thing i kind of remember as a fun fact uh the the song is based on a russian folk song the theme is song. it now yeah uh i can't pronounce it in in, in russian but uh, luckily i went to the fandom page uh and it's apparently called poidu viadu na ulitsu uh, and it means in trans- translates the chant itself means i'll go and get outside and this was the very beginning. So that, yeah, that means I will go and get outside over and over again. Okay. I Which never heard kind that of before. actually fits for. <laughs> I'm learning something about this show from you. That is one thing that I kind of wanted to bring up because I think it's the most iconic part of Survivor is that theme song, too, because I also want to point people. This was in the early 2000s, <laughs> like late 90s, early 2000s era when everything, in, in especially in like, even modern game shows, even to this day, it's still like electric guitars or do 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 do. Yeah, it is. It is such. It is. It is a very distinct theme. And there's actually, I should, I need to chase this down. But there's actually a YouTube video where somebody has managed to splice. It was up to season thirty-six at the time, and they managed to splice all of the different versions of ancient voices into one like mega mix. And it is. It is. It's amazing just to listen to it, but also to like hear the all the different kind of flavors and notes that they all hit. I'm going to search for that right now. And I will say, uh, 
the also cool part is every single time they go to New Island, there's a different tribal council and a different tribal council set, which is also right. every, every season is unique. No two are ever alike. Not even in in Game Changers or in in uh, in uh, Ghost Island. Even if they use similar props, nothing's ever the same. Yeah, even the like because of the fact that they're in one location now, pretty much permanently, they have to find different ways to you know to spice things up. Sometimes they will do it with these gimmicks like Edge of Extinction or Ghost Island, and sometimes they'll do it by dividing the cast in this particular way, like you know Gen you know, X versus Millennials, which is like why? Yeah. What's the difference between Gen X? Really, there because, is no difference. <laughs> like I've noticed, that's what I learned from Gen uh, X. Uh, apparently, there was because we got it, you know, beaten over our heads every single episode. Well, Gen Xers would look at this this way, but Millennials are so free spirited that they'd look at it this way. The Gen X were free spirits too. I know, <laughs> right? I'm one of them, or at least I kind of am. I, I, but you know, you're now, the Gen, Gen, X now Gen Xers I, are the ones. Millennial. To... I'm definitely millennial because I was born in yeah. '89. But even then, it's like, oh, they're always on their cell phones, avocado yeah. toast. It's like what? And Gen Xers are all like, "Get off my lawn!" It's like, what? No, Gen X is the MTV generation. If anything, exactly. they're still like. We grew up on Nirvana in in Nine Inch Nails, for God's sake. We're not, you know, we're not funny duddies. <laughs> I don't get, I don't. Although I think maybe using the word fuddy duddy might have just kind of disqualified me, but anyway. No, it's fine. <laughs> I will consider. <laughs> Look, we formed an alliance. See, the Gen X Millennial Alliance. We did it, folks. We won. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to listen to that when this. Yeah. Uh, that is, I mean, that is, it's, it's about six and a half minutes long, but it uses, it uses pieces of every single theme. It, it just brilliantly It's It's a great listen. And I, I, I love the sound. I think that soundtrack was on iTunes at one point, the Survivor soundtrack. That's I remember downloading it and like listening to it in high yeah. school. Yeah, like, I think if you, I think if you do enough, uh, no, if you do enough searching on YouTube, you can probably find the original soundtrack. And uh, now we got to go through some. T- now there's like blood versus water, and there's uh, healers versus helpers versus heath bars. Um, <laughs> So, so this is the part where we will talk yeah. about different twists we want to see or different kind of gimmicks because I think because we can't do reboot we can't reboot the show it's still on the air but if there's any yeah. ideas you have in mind I would like to see uh, a couple more I think Ghost Island was close with this but I would actually like to see a couple of instances where there are actual temptations where for example somebody goes to this random island and opens up this box and inside the box there's like cash and it says you can take this money but if you take this money you also have to take this parchment with your name on it and you have to put it in the urn at the next tribal council so no matter what happens you are you are getting at least one vote in the next tribal council which means you have a higher chance of being voted out Ooh, i like that idea see see here here's a few i had in mind um okay First of all, in terms of twists, uh, I mean, they kind of already did this uh, with, with, like, Blood versus Water and all this stuff and, and, like, A Second Chance. And they did that again with, like, new people versus old favorites. Yeah, they do fans versus favorites uh, a couple of times. I was going to do it so it is every it's people who were right in final. They were in the finals and lost. Just those people. That's it. Okay. And the opposite tribe is those that were out day one or day two. Like the first two evictions. So first, first people voted out versus runner-ups. Yes. 
Interesting. Because uh, they both will go into the game with different mindsets. Because one is going to have a redemption. Both are going to have redemption. It's like a second chance for both of them. But right. one is, I played the game to the end and didn't get there. And the other is, I was just there and I just got eliminated. And there was yeah, nothing I, for I me. Never I want my second chance in the game. I was I was voted out for stupid reasons, and I never had a chance to really show what I was capable of. Exactly, like like the first two day medical evacuation dudes, or the, like because yeah. then you actually have oh we like uh, we we never kind of put a put a bow on that. So we were talking about the Australian guy. Yes. All right. So his name was Michael Scoopin. Uh, Michael Scoopin came back to play in Survivor Philippines. He was one of the three people that was brought back from from Medivax to play again. And so, and he made it to the finals. He and he tied for second place. He didn't win. Um, unfortunately, his life has taken a kind of a, a, a sharp downward turn since then. Uh, he was convicted for uh, running a Ponzi scheme and for wait for it, child pornography. Oh no! So yeah, he's kind of a persona non grata at this point. We'll bring him <laughs> up. Uh... Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think um, we're gonna see him in a future season. Uh, I I think though, because then I can, because then I, right, because then I was gonna call it uh, Survivor uh, Expiration Island, because the expiration of these contestants. Ex- expiration, okay. Because because expiration. Uh, the other one I had. The first challenge is for a carton of milk. No, sorry. Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> expiration date. Uh, <clears throat> another twist I had was was similar to that with the uh, temptation. But okay. what if now instead of the hidden immunity idols being in terms of uh, on both of the islands, what if because they always do like so, some outside uh, reward? What if it's only if you win a reward challenge that that's where the hidden immunity is? Uh, they've done similar things to that. They, they did that once had... at the table. I remember one that was right under the the, the dinner table. Yeah, uh, and they've had a couple where it was like it was another challenge where the winners got to see a movie. And they would hide a clue to the idol in the popcorn. But things like, like that, that, I would like more of those. And then here's yeah. the here's the here's the big Jordan over the top. It'll never happen in a million years. <laughs> twist. We are going to see classic Survivor, but unlike mm-hmm. anything you've ever seen, there are going to be two teams of two tribes of eight people on one side of the island. What they don't know on the opposite side of the island is another two tribes of eight. They will never see each other in the entirety of the game. So they're assuming it's only those two in the one season and they're two on that season. So when they think they're going to be in a merge, that's when you make the big reveal that they're both on another tribe and it's going to be a super deluxe episode of Survivor. Interesting. I had a similar idea because there's always this talk about, and they are they are talking about doing an all winter season pretty soon for season forty. But my idea was because not every not everybody who is an engaging player was a winner. Some of them were they got pretty deep, but they didn't make it all the way. I was thinking you have essentially two separate games like what you had, and two tribes of ten on each one. And so you kind of you whittle it down. You get them down to like twelve a piece. And they each merge, but only on their individual beach. And then you get them down to about 10 people each again. And then you bring one tribe in and you say, so, yeah, you got 10 people over here. You know, and how, do you, how are you feeling about your chances? Well, those chances have just been cut in half. And bring the other 10 people in. And we're starting all over again with yes. 20 people. That's yeah. exactly what I want. That's exactly yeah. what... Because... The appeal of survive because you want people because because the whole appeal of survivor is you never know you're safe 
Yeah. And everyone assumes when they're in merger, because I've seen this for how many times now where they assume merger is safe. Well, merger just means you made the jury. But now you're not even in jury. Now we're still <laughs> in this day. Now we're starting all over again. Yeah. And 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 then I, I called this one Survivor. I call it Survivor Four Corners. Because there'll be one in the north, one in the south, one in the east, one in the west. I don't know. I feel like that might give it away, though. Because if there's two tribes, it's like, well, these are two, two, these are two of the four corners. Where are the other two? Oh, no. Because here's how. Here's the gimmick. Are you ready? The What's casting that? is all like people from like the northwest, the southwest, the north. Okay. So everyone's they, assuming they that's the twist. Sort of, they, they haven't done that sort of casting yet. I'm kind of surprised because... So that when you do that, it's like uh, so. So when you're seeing the two tribes, one's from New York and the others from California, and then the other tribes, people from Washington, Montana versus people from Florida. So they're like, "Oh, right. okay, I get it." Yeah. Okay. That, and that then makes, you I can't mean, like I, they I, can't I, get shocked when you tell them it's called Survivor Four Corners when the big reveal is revealed. Right. And I actually feel like the the, the geographical divide is is one of the few tribal divisions that they haven't done yet i'm kind of surprised i would I, that would be interesting because you, you kind of figure okay well all the people from the southwest they're all you know they're all the hollywood types and cowboys and stuff like that whereas you know the east coast people are, are going to be like you know new yorkers and just you know tough and and uh and and uh the brooklyn hipsters uh, yeah brash and all that and meanwhile you've got like the north you know the the northwest people who are i don't know just just they they they're all Eskimos, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we get people <laughs> in Alaska. <laughs> like, there you go. All right. So now it's time for the final part of the show, Tim. Okay. What do uh, we got? So as you know, this is a game show podcast, so we have to have a game show aspect to us. So it's time for the speed round. Five questions. All right. 60 seconds to answer all five of them. If you get for each one you get right, it's one plug. Get all five right. Five plugs. Excellent. All right. You want to play. Let's do this. I'm scared, but okay. <laughs> all right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Ding. What was the worst twist on Survivor? Medallion of Power. What is your favorite Mega Man villain? Oh, God. Um, Sparkman. Do you think contestants should return to Survivor? Well, some of them should, yeah. Where is the hidden immunity idol? In my pants. What? Uh, would you like to be in my alliance? Uh, sure, but if you betray me, you're dead. All right, well, you got five plugs. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, can, but I, can I change my answer for number five? It should be okay, but if you F with me, you're dead. And then we bleep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you got five plugs, Tim. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I, I guess the, the big plug should be the 25-hour game show throwdown, which will be taking place July 27th uh, through July 28th. Uh, once again, if you are in the area, it's going to be at the Hyatt Place in Glendale, California. And if you are not going to be in the area, you can still watch us online. Uh, we're going to be streaming it online on Twitch. So it's going to be, the name of the channel is Home Game Ent. So basically Home Game Animated Tree. And uh, uh, like I said, we're raising money for Children's uh, Miracle Network Hospitals all over the country through Extra Life. Uh, we start things off at noon. Let me see if I can get a schedule up here so I can let you guys know at least what the first show is. Um, let's see, Home Game Entertainment slash Throwdown. That is the website to go to for the full schedule. 
Uh, and it looks like uh, Gambit is going to be our first show at 12 noon, and we'll just be going on from there. The games will either be uh, an hour or an hour and a half long. We might have a supersized chase, depending on who are, if we can get our second chaser or not. But regardless, uh, like I said, we're raising money for for a really, really good cause. I've been actually to Children's Hospital Los Angeles uh, a couple of times, and it's just a, ter- a tremendous facility. So that, I guess that's plug number one. All righty. Uh, plug two. Plug number two. Um, I have a Twitch channel of my own that I play, uh, play various video games. A lot of it is randomizers. So... I'll play. I play a lot of Link to the Past randomizer. I've played some Zelda Two randomizer, some uh, Zelda One randomizer. I've done uh, a Pick little right. bit. Of, what's that? <laughs> Pick the right one in the room. Pick the right one. Yeah. Um, I've also done. I think Final Fantasy Six randomizer. Played some Smash on there as well. Uh, actually, uh, earlier this afternoon, we did a little bit of Countdown, the UK game show. I was good at Countdown. Lot. You did that recently, and I was apparently. <laughs> yeah. And you I, won with 69 I, points. 69 points. I have the nice yeah. score. I don't and think that's actually, good for a regular Somebody game, actually but... won today with 69 points. So that what? Be, but anyway, um, that is, it's uh, Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Liguru1. We need the one at the end there because somebody took my original name, unfortunately. Uh, and they won't and the, Yeah. And I don't know where they came up. Like, I thought I was the only one who came up with that name, but I guess not. Oh, well. Uh, third plug would be for home game entertainment in general. Uh, we are a group of friends who do all sorts of different game show demonstrations. Uh, we've done birthday parties. We've done office events. We've done we've we've done a wedding before where we actually interrupted the wedding and hosted Family Feud. That was, that was a kick. But basically, any game show you can think of, we've probably made software for it, and we would love to bring it to your... Uh, to your next event. So if you go to homegameentertainment.com, it'll give you all of the uh, all the information about that. All right, you got I've got two plugs left, don't I? You got two left. Okay. Well, since we've been talking about Survivor this whole time, I guess it's only fair to give a plug to CBS All Access because that is that is the way you're going to be able to watch all of these seasons uh, commercial free. Uh, and and you can binge watch them if you really want to, and it's 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 five ninety nine a month if you want limited commercials, nine ninety nine a month if you want no commercials. It is the one subscription service that I actually subscribe to because I don't need to subscribe to the other two. But um, but you also get like you said, if you're a fan of Big Brother, you get the live feeds. Uh, I believe it has Cheers on there as well. If you're a fan of that show, let me bring that up actually real quick. And I'll Old Twilight kind of Zones the, too, not just the new Twilight one. Twilight Zone, Star Trek Discovery, Old uh, Star Trek too. I believe they have the Next Generation on there. I think so too. I'm trying to get the uh, all access. Price is right. Let's yeah. make a deal. If you're a game show fan, exactly. Um, Seal Team, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, whatever, fla- whatever flavor of NCIS you feel like watching. Uh, they have the original Beauty and the Beast with Ron Perlman. Um, they have, uh, let's see, uh, they've got all the CSIs. They've got Frasier. They've got uh, The Good Fight and The Good Wife, if you like those shows. I'm sure everybody here likes The Big Bang Theory. Bazoop-a-zoop. And they have Young Sheldon and all these other shows and more can be yours if the price is right, and the price is right because it's only nine ninety nine a month. So please 
I am getting nothing out of this, but go subscribe anyway so that you can you can indulge in my fifth plug, my fifth and final plug. And in this plug, I'm actually going to tell you the seasons of Survivor that a new person should watch. Okay. okay? <laughs> so uh, basically, the, 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 I, I've, there are five seasons that I have isolated as the really, really good seasons. I try to stay away from the seasons which have returning players because the gameplay is a little bit, a uh, little bit more stale and not as engaging if you haven't seen these people before. But going in chronological order, the first season I would, I would, uh, I would recommend is season seven. That is Survivor Pearl Islands. That is the one with Johnny Fairplay and uh, and Sandra who uh, and Rupert, uh, who is also a pretty well known. Uh, Survivor player. That's the one with the pirate theme where they basically throw everybody overboard right at the start of the game to start things off. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Survivor Vanuatu Season 9. They do a men versus women season on this one. This one is really good. It's kind of a slow burn to start things off, but uh, when it gets to the merge, a narrative really forms. I don't want to give anything away because I want you guys to watch and enjoy it, but uh, a real good underdog story. Uh, in that one. We fast forward to season 18. This is uh, Survivor Token Chains. Uh, this has this is kind of the last classic Survivor season there was. They did have Exile Island and the Idols, but it was 16 players. There weren't a whole lot of twists, a lot of really engaging characters. You've got Coach, you've got Tyson, you've got JT, you've got Steven, you've got Taj. It's a really, really fun season. Uh, so, uh, season 25 is uh, Philippines. That's the one where they brought back a couple of players who were medevaced. A really good season there, too. It's three tribes, a lot of really good players there as well. And then finally, uh, the season that they did this past fall, which was uh, season 37, David versus Goliath. Honestly, if you are brand new to Survivor, I would actually start with that season because everybody on that cast is engaging. Every single vote is exciting, and they have a lot of, a lot of advantages and a lot of twists so you can sort of catch up to the modern form of survivor that they have nowadays. I think I'm done. I am. I, I, I think that's all, all I have to say about that subject. Okay. We'll conclude with two final plugs here. One, I'll send a link to the, uh, to the, the extra life so you can donate because the, the game show throwdown is about to start. And finally, please check out your game show. You have a game show. Oh, that's right. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not doing it right now, but I had an original show that I, I hosted a, a handful of episodes last year called Luck of the Draw. I think I should still have the videos up on my Twitch channel. Uh, it's basically card charts, but a little bit more high-minded. Uh, it's not quite about higher or lower. It's about fitting cards in a sequence. But uh, it's, it's an original show. I've always wanted to have uh, get original you know concepts out, out there. And uh, it's it's kind of hard to get shows uh, on TV nowadays, so any outlet you can find to get your original works out there is a viable outlet. So I, I encourage you guys to watch that. I also encourage you, if you've got your own original ideas, do the same thing I did. Go out there on YouTube, go out there on Twitch, and just put it out there, because there are going to be people who are, who are going to want to watch it. And uh, and uh, just don't don't let the fact that there are giant, you know, monolithic networks out there not watching your show. Don't let that stop you because uh, I, I didn't let it stop me. Thanks again, Tim, for stopping by. <laughs> I think that about covers it. I think we're good. Funny you should Two ask. Two and a half hours in. Oh, funny you should ask, too. Oh, that show, too. Yeah, watch that. Check your local listings. Dates and times. Uh, dates and times. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good show. Right. I wholeheartedly endorse this product or service. <laughs> Thanks again for stopping by, Tim. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks a lot, Jordan. Thank you so much, Tim. After the recording, I got to participate in one of his shows. He played he played Celebrity Luck of the Draw, and I had so much fun. It's a great format. Thank you so much, Tim. I had a lot of blast, and I, I just want to just quickly uh, do some classmate notes. There's so many things we could talk about. So we could talk about every winner. We could talk about every challenge. We could really just do a two-part on this one. But when I ended the episode... My original thought was, oh, what a great show. But then that got me thinking about the hierarchy of needs. You've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Uh, you know, like esteem and love and belonging. And the bottom is uh, physiological, air, water, food, shelter. And it got me thinking that I think Survivor's big intention is the hierarchy of needs and finding out what's most important in people. Uh, and it's a very social morality game show that I don't think has really been done in any other format not even in big brother and that's why i think the show still exists today it's even through the harshest conditions is there still goodness in people and this is the closest you can get to a show that's essentially one million dollars in a gun as possible and now it's time hopefully for the one or ten part series exploring every pricing game on the price is right this is the pricing game spotlight Punch a Bunch, premiere date in the Barker era, September 27th, 1978, tape number 2963D, Aurora, September 26, 1978, finale date with Barker, June 11th, 2007, 4031K, premiere date with Drew Carey, October 18th, 2007, 4044K, Aurora, January 2nd, 2008, play on center stage. Punch a Bunch is the first ever all-cash game to be played on The Price is Right. The name comes from the fact that the contestant can punch a bunch the bunch means a lot of money. Gameplay. The centerpiece of Punch a Bunch is a punch board, which conceals a paper slip of a dollar value in each of its 50 paper-covered holes. To begin the game, the contestant is shown four small prizes, one at a time each tagged with an incorrect price. They must decide whether the correct price is either higher or lower than the one shown. For each correct decision, the contestant wins that prize and earns one punch on the board. After all four prizes are played, the contestant makes the number of punches one, leaving the slips of paper inside the holes. The slip in the first hole punched is removed and shown to the contestant. They must then decide rather to keep the cash and quit or give it back and look in the next hole. The game continues until the contestant accepts the money on a slip or has no more holes to look in and wins the amount found in the small in the final hole. Or they win the top prize. Since the top prize was increased $25,000 the start of season 37, Finding your $10,000 slip or $25,000 slip on the final punch will end the game and accompany a big win. Other times, finding the $10,000 slip still has the opportunity to go on and find what's in the next hole. Second chance. Up until June 17, 2011, uh, there were five, four special slips on the board, each with the four lowest values, $50, $100, $250, and $500, which also had second chance written on them. 
If one of these slips is found in the punch hole, the contestant immediately punches an additional hole. The amount found in this new hole is added to the amount in the second chance slip. If any original holes remain, the contestant may accept the total or return both slips to look in the necks of the original holes. If the second chance punch reveals another second chance, that contestant takes an additional punch, which is added to the previous total as well. As a result, the maximum prize available in the punch a bunch is $25,900, which is won by revealing a second chance slip, punching out the remaining three second chance slips, and resulting in second chance punches, and finally punching the $25,000 slip on the final second chance punch. Nonetheless, to the unlikelihood, first revealing a second chance slip, and then the $25,000 slip, the announced price is only $25,000, which is the most that could be won in one slip of the paper. Wins of greater than $10,000 have occurred during the period in which $10,000 was the largest value on the board. Although no contestant has ever chained more than one second chance slip with the top prize, thus the most ever won during this period was a $500 second chance slip, followed by $10,000 for a total of $10,500. That occurred January 22nd, 2003, 2403K. Cash distribution. Distribution price slips have been altered at various times, including for primetime specials in daytime, for instance. From September 29th, 2008, Eight in error of order, the distribution was followed. There is one, count them one, $25,000 slip, one, $10,000 slip, three, $5,000 slips, five worth $1,000, 10, 500, 10, 250, 10, 100, 10, 50, uh, and one each of 50, 100, 250, and 500. Uh, the distribution of price slips is currently one, $25,000, two, $10,000, four, $5,000, eight, Five one hundreds. The second chance has been removed. In April 2013, aired out of order there was a big money with quarter million dollars. There was one quarter million, nine ten thousand, fifteen five thousand, ten twenty five hundred, ten one thousand five five hundreds. The one hundred dollar slips are temporarily removed. Uh, million dollar spectaculars, it's one fifty thousand, three twenty five thousand, ten five thousand, twelve one thousand, twelve five hundred, twelve thousand on a survivor primetime special. Hey, it's a survivor episode. Uh one twenty-five thousand, four ten thousands, fifteen five thousands, fifteen twenty-five hundreds, ten one thousands, and five five hundred dollars. On Dream Car Week, the frequency was two of them were the dream car. One twenty-five thousand, two ten thousand, four five thousand, eight twenty-five hundred, ten of a thousand, ten of five hundred, ten of fifty, and three of one hundred. Punch a bunch was the first game they played for a primary prize consisting of only of cash, originally ten thousand dollars. It debuted September twenty seventh, nineteen seventy eight, aired of order, with a slightly different gameplay which continued for its first eleven playings. Instead of a single punch on the board, a contestant took two punches for each correctly placed prize, one in the fifty hole main board as of today, and a second in the top row of the game's original board, which had ten holes spelling punch board. The ten punch board holes contains numbers one through ten, and the fifty main holes contain slips saying dollar, twenty of them, hundred, twenty slips, and thousand ten. 10 slips. The two slips punched were taken together to form a cash value. For instance, 5 and 100 would be 500. Additionally, the contestant made their punches after each correct small price guess instead of after all four. A uh, contestant would choose a price before showing the wrong price. If a contestant declined a prize value, did not correctly guess any subsequent small price, they wouldn't win nothing. March 3rd, uh, during the episode's playing, Sandra Smith punched a hole that was empty. So they, Bob gave her $10,000 because that was nothing more uh, things to do. According to the game's current rules, the $10,000 highest was slipped. The top price is actually $10,900. Uh, there was the distribution of from 1979 to 2008. I guess this is one we have to bring up. The old school was two ten thousand, three five thousand, five one thousand, ten five hundred, ten two fifty, ten one hundred, ten fifty. One each of fifty, one or two fifty were marked second chance. A known hand appeared in the punch holes. 
Uh, it was used in Let's Make a Deal as a mashup week on May 13th, 2016. Uh, June 19th, there was the quarter million dollar top prize. Uh, Survivor Special, 25,000. We already went through some of these. This game is currently in a losing streak with the recent win happening on October 31st, 2017. Uh, the primetime specials, I guess that counts. Uh, 225, 3, 5,000, 15,000, 15,500, uh, 15,100 presentations. Uh, okay, original Punch Board had yellow exterior flanked by blue carved lines when the game debuted. Punch Bunch originally had a green color scheme. It was changed to an all yellow beginning with September 15th. The original Punch Bowl holes until they were no longer used. Introduction to the game originally took place on a turntable and featured a model uh, holding a $10,000 bill with the, ho- with the host's face on it. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, the model proceeds to walk it over to the stand. Uh, a green sign ring, $10,000, uh, reassembling of American currency was present on the wall turntable. On December 11, it was a $10,000 graphic instead of, oh, okay, that's nice. All right, price slips for regular rules were originally white with black amounts. They changed to what's displayed today. On September 10, 1996, the recurrent punch board and set debuted, and the introduction was permanently changed so that the giant price tag rises to reveal the big prize uh, thing while staying in front of the board. For prize displays, punch board holes are used as a backdrop. Punch board holes themselves have remained consistently unchanged. They were changed to purple price down dollar signs. October 8th, 2010, small price act up was a change. Survivor episode. Uh, the game was repainted and redesigned with a survivor theme. The slips or paper look like the voting slips. Got it? All right. Uh, in, in the UK version, the prizes range from 25 pounds to 250. There were five zero pounds on the board, which ended the game. Uh, in Natalia de Precio, the game is called Four Rounds, because, uh, you know, boxing, with a 10000 Mexican dollar as the prize. Uh, Australian version 2012 had Wonderwall, 6 each, 50, 100, 250, 3,500, 1,000, 2,000, uh, Then there's a whole lot of things like Vietnam and Netherlands, and I like this game's nice carnival aesthetic. This is an all-time classic because the way it just requires you to beat the shit out of a game prop. Uh, if it was me, though... I, I would not like the frequency table. I don't like it. So here is quickly uh, what I would do in the board. Uh, so I would have 50 completely different amounts on the board, ranging from $100 to $50,000. Originally 100000 but I figure 50 grand's a perfect amount considering Plinko and, and, and pay the rent. So at the first part, it's $100 to 550 So 100 150 200 250 Etc. up to 550 in $50 increments. Then we go to 600, so it's 600, 700, 800, 900, 1,000 in $100 increments. Then we go into 1,200, 1,400, 1,600, 1,800, in 2,000 in $200 increments. Then we go into 15 and are in $500 increments, so 25, 3,000, 35, 4,000, all the way to 9,500. Then we go from 10,000 to 19,000 in $1,000 increments, so 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then we get to the final run, the final five, 20000 25000 30000 40000 and $50,000. Uh, those are the ones that are prominently displayed on the board. But other than that, it's all reign of values. So now there is some gains to win and lose. So now when you punch a board, you can get like 1200 bucks. You can take the 1200 and go, or you can keep punching. You punch the board, well, now you're at 450 Do you take the 450 or do you keep playing? Well, now you're at $12,000. Do you take $12,000 or do you... And that kind of fluctuation, I think, will create some drama there. Uh, to me, I think that's what would make this game a lot more interesting. 
I love Punch a Bunch because of the fact that there's a lot of stop and go and a lot of shouting and stop, stop, or keep going, you have more luck. And it's the original, I'd say, luck-based a mini game of The Price is Right. And that's why this game appeals to me so much. So that is it. I, I enjoy the prizes. This is uh, up there in the top 10 of favorite pricing games on the prices, right? Because it is cash, because there is like some stop and go attitude. And I just think maybe just throw money or make it more fluctuated would be all I would want. Maybe have a nice carnival barker aesthetic, like almost like you're doing a ring toss. I think that that's all it's missing for this. Uh, next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're taking a look at the telephone game. Uh, okay. Um, we are almost calling it up. Uh, so Game Show Throwdown, is, is is it? It's happening at noon, July 27th. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for having all these Game Show Throwdown things. Everyone who is participating in the event, for coming over and talking game shows with me this week and Kyle from on last week. Uh, please go right now, homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown. There's a donation link there. Donate to Extra Life. Help these kids out and watch these goofballs play game shows. These are all people who are, have some involvement or diehard fans of game shows and they work in the game show world. That's what I love about this. And I, I just can't thank these people enough for all they've done. And I hope you guys tune in, help them out. Once again, that's homegameentertainment.com slash throwdown. Uh, it'll be on Twitch. Trust me on this. It's going to be on Twitch. You can chat in the chat. Uh, say hello. I'll try and be there. Uh, until then, that's all the time we have this week. I'm out of breath, and I'm Jordan Haas. Join me next Wednesday for another episode of Game Shows, I suppose. Until then... Have a great night and big smooch. Mwah!